Well, welcome back, everybody. Our beginning of summer break is officially over. As now we all we have to contend with are gods, primordial stones, the Feywild, maybe, and some mysterious creature that seems to be somewhere in the midst of all this. Oh, and by the way, we still have um, a couple other entities involved. Like the whole other quest, you know, that started this thing is still there too. <laughs> right? Uh, you still have the journeys of Mason and what the heck he's doing with his two, uh, Devon and the Martinet, as he's traveling with them, which seems to be using them as traveling snacks, maybe. Hard to tell for sure. Um, but yeah, welcome to 30, session 37, if you can believe that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's... I mean, counting holidays and breaks, I'm pretty sure we've been together for a year now. I'm, I'm almost positive. Pretty crazy. Pretty nutty. Ah. And, you know, and, uh, you know, Amani's first time playing, which has been really fun to watch her have this incredible time. Puck Flirting is with all the guards everywhere. Innocent gnome to bloodthirsty killer, which I find fascinating. <laughs> um, <laughs> as the journey continues, and where we last left off, the team had re helped recover Spot from the Misty Veil and found an object. The remains of something that might be called a primordial stone, perhaps? Whether or not it's truly linked to the gift of the stone that was given at the closure of the Obsidian Gate. While in this area, um, both Spot, Xanath, I believe, had strange encounters, earthen, a brevity of memory. Um, things were looking kind of strange that at that point. Um, however, the team managed to find their way towards the bluffs overlooking the mining community. And down in the community here, they seem to have finally reached the location where the mines are. And it would seem an entire community has grown up around the copper keepers and copper makers or copper takers and copper makers as they continue to mine this area and they've built a walled community. Uh, it seems to be burgeoning with um, people that live within the community as well. Um, there's a sense, however, that their goals are expanding because in the harbor of this community, you can see what looks to be dozens of ships from Darktoe mm -hmm. um, in the process of either offloading or unloading uh, many different things from the harbored area of this community. Currently, it is the morning, or did we stop for a long rest? That's the only thing I can't remember. I think we were just sidled up at the end, right? Yeah, because we, we were able to call it a long rest while we were in the... Uh, yes, that's right. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's right, because of the effect of being in that strange in place that's in between places. Um, so we'll say, we'll call it the end of day where the sun is just beginning to set as you're watching the dark toe ships off of the horizon, the tenders making their way in some making their way out the great walled community at the foot of one of the volcanic ridge lines 
And in the middle of the community, you can see the great mining pit with uh, wooden cranes and other operational constructs kind of around the pit itself where great platforms are going down, some are coming up. And you can see hundreds of workers in the area as well as a community of people coming and going through the main gates of this place. You guys are up on a 100-foot-tall bluff looking down to the beachside area, um, and you're maybe a quarter mile away from the outskirts of the community itself. The sun is just beginning to go down, and I believe we are on the end of day three. Believe it or not, it's only been about three days' journey since you left the Sawtooth Clan. Mm-hmm. What would you guys like to do? Scry. I think we should scry on some people. Yeah, I had taken a note. Oh, talk, we wanted to scry on Mannheim, right? Yeah. All right. Um, I can settle up and and. Uh, I'll I'm gonna. Brian Toss uh, some inspiration your way. I'll play like some sweet music while you're uh, oh, sweet. scrying. Some like some meditative music, just in case. Just in case. Always good to have in your back pocket. That's an extra D10 that you can for uh, ability check, attack roll, saving throw. Okay, awesome. And uh, to clarify a point that that staff that I got, and you said it had a plus two. Like my spell attack, does it also add to my spell save, or is it just spell attack? Just spell attack. Okay. All right. So that won't help. Well, your spell attack should automatically adjust your spell save, doesn't it? Well, yes. Like all the mods here are like spell attack slash save, but pretty much everything I have is spell save, not spell attack. So if it's attack, I might give the staff to someone else. Um, But wanted to check for this purpose. Yeah, that makes sense. So I have not actually met Mannheim, but would you say that I'm familiar with him because I've yeah. spoken to him before? Okay. Yeah, I would say I between we you, met him at, weren't, weren't you with us when we met him in the uh, basement of the place and he was crazy oh, trying to eat my I face? Oh, I suppose that's right. Yeah, I did Yeah, in the sanitarium. <laughs> he tried to eat yeah, my face. Yeah, in the basement of the sanitarium. Okay, so he's got a negative five to his save, and depending on whether my staff helps with saves, it's either... So it would either be a wisdom save of 21 or of 23. All right. So while Zenith is going to make this scry attempt, what's everyone else doing at this point? Uh, I'm watching her. Okay. It's kind um, of 50 50 things could go bad with this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Odds are interesting to say the least. If I recall, there was talks of. Um, Infiltrating the pirates. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're like a quarter mile away, but yeah. I mean, Spot Winter, any uh, feelings in that regard? <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrified all of a sudden. The parents are meeting so the children can go, you know, play, frolic in the yard. <laughs> 
Okay, Spot. This one is your adventure. You've been you've been preparing for this. What 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 are you what are you thinking? He wants to make pirate ghosts. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we should like see if we can figure out if any of these ships in particular are important, and then I can like you know run over to it and like steal stuff from it. That sounds like a plan, Winter. Um, I'm just here to shoot stuff, not really to think, so just let me know the plan. <laughs> and then yeah. Yeah. Suddenly a whole lot of guards are going to get banished. Just, just point me in one direction. <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys was were both on the spot, other... Well, give me a perception check with On the boats we had before, right? So you guys, I was, uh, Spot and Puck were on the boats we went on before. I think... We all went on all the all the crashed boats. You talking about the river boats? No, no. When we were when we were sailing here, like we, we two different shipwrecks, right? And I oh, think yeah. you guys both, at least Spot, I think you were on both of them. But it could where like, you maybe, recovered all the um, the book and residuum, the, the residuum and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. So that could be some like maybe we find out if there's any relationship when you guys are there. <laughs> That sounds uh, like a good plan. Or if anything looks familiar. So being up on the bluffs spot, as you and Winter and Puck start planning out an egress down into the into like the bay area, it's not a quite an official harbor. It's it's almost like there's a soft beach coastline where all the tenders can kind of come in and land and, and get staked into the ground. And people either offload them or are loading containers on them before they get shoved off into the water and they start rowing back towards the anchored vessels out in the in in like the deepest part of the bay. Once again, this whole area feels very kind of ramshackle and ad hoc, like maybe they started mining here and then they had to build homes for the people that are mining. And then they had to, you know, build an infrastructure, but it all feels like it, kind of like an onion in reverse, you know, the gradually things built out and outward. So the community, like all the buildings and structures near the middle look older than the structures and buildings further out. The wall itself is almost like a hodgepodge of stone, coral, and the remaining debris of ships that have been dismantled over the course of time. Um, it just seems like lately, looking at all this, that maybe there's been an increase in overall activity. Um, so being on the bluff and looking for a specific target spot, uh, give me a perception check with advantage. Perception with advantage. Uh, that is a 25. Okay. The cliff that you're on, um, looking down, you can see a series of tenders that look like they've been staked to the ground and in place for more than a day or so. So you get the feeling that those four tenders that you're looking at don't look like they've been used for a while. See the oars, you can see that they have equipment in them, but, but not like they've been loaded up with anything or utilized. You also notice on the horizon, about maybe a thousand feet out into the water, there's one particular ship that looks larger than most, 
Um, and I'd say with that 25, it has the feel of a flagship. This particular ship, the, the flag looks familiar to you um, in the sense of a particular ruined ship that you saw on an island where the raptors tried to get you guys. Okay. So I'm going to talk to Puck and uh, the liquor and kind of let them know what I see. You know, hey, we got some tenders down here that I think we can sneak out on. And there's a big old ship out there that looks really important. Um, you guys remember where we're, uh, we beat up those, those dinosaurs on that island? It reminds me of that. Oh. Well, they had pretty good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm in. Um, of course they had you... pretty good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they had like 50k in residuum. I think, right? <laughs> yeah, but not too bad. Um, do we want to have... Um, maybe I am having a little too much fun with the uh, concept of potentially pirate stuff, but do we want to have fake pirate names? <gasps> <laughs> you know, just in Witch's case. eyes got really big on that one. <laughs> just in case we get caught, so we need a backstory. I'd also say you recognize the banner as the Thunder Shroud. Okay. Was that I recognize it, or yeah, yeah okay. you would recognize it because it, it, there was the tattered remains of the Thunder Shroud flag that was on the. Um, the vessel that had the uh, book and the residuum and uh, correspondence between the copper makers and the copper takers. As I think these are uh, parts of part of like the Thunderstroud or something like that. I, something like that. Okay. okay, I'd have to do that. Puck, give me a survival check as you begin to glance around the the, the edge of the bluff to see if you could see any trails leading down towards the seacoast. Oof, that's rough. It's a nat one, so that's a six. <laughs> this is what I kind of wish you were a halfling or you had lucky. Um, <laughs> uh, with the sun dipping down, it's kind of hard to tell. The bluff seems like it's like eroding across the entire edge of the bluff. So you could see multiple trails that look like they go down towards the seashore. Wait, I just realized, sorry, um, it's I have advantage on coastlines on seashore, like on there you ocean. Go. Roll again, see if yes. you <laughs> pick up on something that's trying to eat you. <laughs> okay, thank God it's 18. Yeah. <laughs> the way these bluffs are eroding, um, they're pretty dangerous, uh, but you see at least two trails that look feasible take you and the others about 20 to 30 minutes to get all the way down to the bottom following them but they look to be about the safest out of all the potential trails that you can see okay that sounds um, like the best plan we have um, do we want to try how do we want to sneak in there I'm very stealthy so um I don't know, maybe maybe add some stuff to the tender and uh, we're up there and then I can literally like run over to it, y you know. Okay, but how about, um, you know, the ones that are not like really stealthy tabaxis? <laughs> Actually, I can probably hitch a ride and I think Winter can 
use misty steps. Maybe we'll be fine. Um, okay, off we go. Um, okay, but I do I do want us to have pirate names, you know, just to be safe. <laughs> and Earthen, you and Xanath could hear them having this conversation just as they kind of like go over the edge of the bluff to start heading downwards. <laughs> Um, you can hear like Winter say, oh, just point me in any direction. Uh, it'll be fine. And Huck's like, no, we need to have pirate names just in case. And then you can oh. hear a spot like, well, I'm the Jade Kitty. And they just, they're, they're like conversation just kind of disappears from your ears as they can hear them heading down towards the coastal region. You, you think they're going to come back, right? I'm I mean, going to definitely coming back, right? They're taking it real lightly. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have just popped up the dome before you guys left. So in case you need to run back, you can run into the dome. <laughs> Winter, Augusta Waters, I love it. I was better. Uh, what about Augusta Wind? Oh, oh, I see what you did there, Earthen. Ba ba. Yeah. <laughs> I know Puck's trying to think of a pirate name right now. (laughs) (laughs) So as the three of them kind of drift down the edge of the bluff, making their way towards the shoreline and eventually try to make their way over to the tenders that are (laughs) anchored on the coast um, nearest the flagship that they kind of focus their target on. Um, Quickly, Xanath kind of brings the invisible hut into existence um, affording you and Earthen ability to go inside while waiting for Xanath to conclude her scry attempt with her new staff. <laughs> uh, yeah. As we're getting ready to scry, I want to uh, cast Detect Magic because last time we scried on somebody, I got scried on back. That's fair. Um, so. Because uh, I think we we scried on what's his face, and he looked right back at us. Yeah, he did. He was definitely interested in who was trying to. Uh, although he didn't, I, I'm trying to remember. I don't think he knew that you were scrying on him specifically. You just happened to catch him trying to scry on you. Because it was almost it. like a yeah. coincidence yeah. that it happened yeah. at the same time. Like, yep. Yeah. Okay. And then we pulled the newspaper up real fast and we're like, oh yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> the little eye hole cut your, <laughs> your detect magic doesn't detect anything immediately around you. Okay. Um, I think it's other got than like the fact minutes, that the, so. the tiny hut is up, so that's creating right. some permutations of magical auras around you from that. And obviously the magical items that Xanath has um, in her possession. Um, there is a kind of strange um, tug or kind of like arcane uh, presence here. It, it's not completely physically visible, but it's almost like that. Uh, it's it, it it's almost like you can feel the fog, but you can't see it, or you can feel the rain, but you can't feel it. There's an air of magic here that's just barely able for you to detect. Outside of it, normal detection, is it like the uh, like when we were up at the caldera when we first climbed up here and it was all 
cloudy and everything. Because at that time, I pulled out the residuum and tried to try to see if I could, you know, figure out what was going on with it way back yeah, when. Yeah, this sim- is it like same same degree or are we? No, lighter? this feels different. This feels like this feels entirely unique to you. It's almost like you sense like you should be able to feel like something magical is nearby, but you just can't quite see it or grasp it. Just a faint echo. Before you do that, there's there's something around here that I I can't 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 pin it down, but I can feel something around here. I mean, I'm glad we're in this hut right now. Yeah, something around here, I mean, besides the obvious, something around here feels weird. The confluence of sort of the Fae and the fire plane, the betrayer gods. This is this is a, a bizarre area. Yeah. Well, and if these ships, if these ships that we passed on the way here came from here we know what they're digging up too residual yeah yeah um before i do the scry can i do a quick cast of see invisibility which would allow me to see invisible creatures and objects if they're visible and allow me to see into the ethereal plane oh nice Let's see, the tiny hut lasts for an hour. That's not concentration. And you're it lasts you have, for, yeah. Yeah, you technically haven't cast scry yet. Um, say this is preamble stuff. Um, give me an intelligence save as you cast see invisibility. <laughs> you got that inspiration. <laughs> oh, that's right. Don't forget. Yep, okay, good, because I am not that smart. <laughs> We're getting into the sky. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, okay. I rolled a ten. I get a plus one, so that's eleven. What do I roll for inspiration? A d10. A d10. Yeah. Okay. And that's Ooh, two for a thirteen. <laughs> okay. As you take the moment to peek into the ethereal plane, in hopes of either. Noticing anything invisible nearby. <coughs> Have you done this before? I've never done this before. It's strange. It's like pushing through a membrane of energy. Like your your vision leaves your mind's eye and steps through a membrane of energy. This energy that connects everything that utilizes the ethereal plane. Uh, Creatures that use magic invisibility or exist in between (coughs) invisible spaces or pockets of unknown places to hide. And just for the briefest of moments as you pass through, you get the sense that both off of the distance and somewhat nearby, random objects floating in rotation and then you could have sworn you saw disembodied hands reaching in towards these random objects and then pulling them out. But it's too quick and too fast for you to understand what you see as you pass through the membrane of magic. And your vision is now pulsing outwards. All of the physical plane of your vision fall away. And now you're just kind of 
in like a soup of energy that your mind's eye is floating through. And it's almost like you're tethered to yourself and you're just able to peek into this place, this strange thing they call the ethereal plane. And you can see not all that dissimilar from the tendrils of connections that you saw to the primordial stone, but they have a different feel about them. They have a more kind of permeable feel about them. Oh my God, are they talking? (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's always like a permeable feel about like when you were encountered with the primordial stone, there were tethers of strands of conduits that were traveling through different places and regions that you felt were planes of existence. The ethereal plane almost feels like it has a connection in the same way, only it's more of a of a veil, like an envelope of energy, as opposed to specific conduits. Like things can slip in and things can slip out, utilizing this this strange veil to keep themselves hidden. Or possibly utilizing it to keep things hidden as well. Mm-hmm. But your eyes move about, your vision, you can feel the tether go taut as you're unable to kind of move any deeper into this space. But there's a ringing in your head as your focus is brought towards the mining pit. And as you focus on the area of where the mining pit should be, where the where this ethereal veil is kind of rippling over it, there's something there. A shadow, a form. It's hard to tell for sure, but there's something either lurking at its edge or projecting its psychic energy up towards the edge. And you watch that energy pulse for a moment as a kind of conical wave of energy warps out from it, kind of ripples up against you as you take four points of psychic damage from the effect. And then you just watch the shadowy form as it reels back in pain and is forced back down into the mining pit. And then as the shadow goes down into the pit, there's a small aura of magic kind of beaconing from the center of the pit. And then you feel the tendril of energy pull taut on you as you get pulled out of the ethereal plane and back inside of the tiny hut. That was weird. Yeah, you don't look okay. What happened? Um, I tried to see invisibility to look at the ethereal plane, which is bizarre, by the way. Um, I saw something in the pit. It was like a shadow, and it um, was pulsing, and it felt like it was trying to escape, and then it was pulled back down, and then there was like a beacon of energy in the center of the pit. I mean, I can't tell if it's like something at the edge or inside just reaching up to the edge, but it there's something in there that feels like it's maybe being used. Um, it kind of hurt. It kind of stunned me a little bit. Didn't, didn't somebody 
somebody said something about there being uh, 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 a god or something down there they were trying to harness. Maybe it's that dragon creature again. And the primordials also talked about something being sealed below, being used that didn't want to be used. Yeah. Huh. Spot, Winter, and Puck, go ahead and give me stealth checks. So three of you are making your way towards the coastline, the seashore. So this is incredibly embarrassing. Um, I have a plus nine to stealth, and I roll with advantage, and I only got like a 12. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was a 13, but yeah. It is a cat on the water. (laughs) (laughs) Puck, what'd you get? Oh, uh, 27. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> Just a measly 27. Winter, what'd you get? A 12. A 12? So, Puck, this is what you see go on in front of you. As uh, Calico Jade, Kitty of Fortune, and Augusta Winds are walking ahead of you. <laughs> They're focused on one of the tenders and they're following a pathway away from the bluffs because you you safely lead them down. But you take a moment to kind of like look around and get into the shadows as the last of the daylight spills away. And the stars and the moons are uh, and the moons are starting to come out. Um, Rudeus is unusually pink. Um, Katha is unusually pale and it creates an unusual amount of shadows and darkness for you to kind of slip into the edges of some of the rocks you watch as Calico and Augusta step out of the beach line and on to the water and they're approaching one of the tenders Um, Puck give me perception with advantage Um, ten. Ten? <laughs> Shit, what do I do? Um, <laughs> I should have given, given you guys inspiration That's such you a, a juxtaposed outcome of something very specific. Um, the 50-50 and the coin landed yeah. exactly on the side. <laughs> <laughs> um, <sighs> the spot, you and Winter hear a voice coming from across the other tenders as you can see a lantern being held up and a kind of gruff looking sailor looking in your direction Yar, who goes there what do you be doing near the captain's tenders show yourself who are you you can hear him kind of walking a little bit closer the creaking of the lantern yes all of this is going to be in Peeps' cat, so just before you, we, we do that. Ah, don't you be recognizing the captain's new cook? Calico J, Kitty of Fortune here. <laughs> um, luckily, you use Thieves' cat. Give me persuasion with advantage. Persuasion with advantage. Ooh, 22. Oops. Oh, that's pretty good. 
the sailor stops short, kind of like 15 feet away, holds up. I mean, he's got his cutlass on in his belt, his pistol tucked away. He's kind of just got a vest on, um, chopped off at the knees, pants, wearing kind of like leather sandals. Um, uh, the weather's surprisingly decent, so he's not wearing anything to keep himself um, warm or anything. He's got kind of like um, very much like um, suntan skin with tattoos on his chest. You can see a scar kind of like creased down the left side of his face. Uh, I'm not really sure I've ever heard of Calico Jade, Kitty of Fortune. Did the captain send you? And what's what's her name? This is Augusta Winds, and I mean, the little one, I haven't known very long. I haven't really gotten her name yet. <laughs> what little one? Uh, she must have run off. <laughs> <laughs> so Puck, you're like behind some rocks listening to this bullshit. Like you're like you're just you can see about 30, 40 feet in front of you, this sailor holding a lantern, and there's Winter and Spot standing in front there. They're having this exchange, this conversation. Sailor goes, did the captain send you? Yeah, why you be here? I'm just getting the lay of the land, you know. Uh no, oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, it's an expression, my friend. No, I'm aware it is an expression, <laughs> but we've been here for almost a week. We've got a pretty good lay of the land. I I just don't remember any tabaxi crew on the old Hammerstein. Who said I was... Uh, look, Matt, you know how the food sucks. Like, the food on board is atrocious, you know? I have a well, reputation. Yeah, you got a good point there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a reputation for some other crews. They told me that the captain might be looking for a person of my uh, talents, so I've kind of invited myself, if you understand me. I'm gonna oh, throw yeah, I can understand you, because you're speaking thieves' can. <laughs> you use strange verbiage for a tabaxi. Uh, I'm going to throw him a, a packet of my trail mix of fire resistance. Like, here, just, just as a sample, you know. It would be always be helpful to have. Oh, I, I, that's really good. Yeah, all you <laughs> yeah. need is a little bit of chocolate and coconut. Tastes amazing. <laughs> you didn't really have anything on me at the time, but uh, that is my patented, patented. You understand? Trail mix of fire resistance. You are really, really good around fire for the next oh, I don't know, three, four hours, something like that. It's good for that stuff. So, all right. if you come exercise the green guns or something, that's what you need. So are you meant to go on the Hammerstein, then? Yeah, I mean, wherever, uh, wherever my skills can be most useful, and, uh, you know, there, there's the most coin there. Well, I don't really be having a crew that can get you and your friends across, but uh, if you feel like taking one of the tenders over to the Hammerstein there, speaking with the first mate, uh, uh, Lilith, uh, you're more than welcome to. I don't have any orders yard to keep anyone... I mean, if, if the captain's requested you, I believe the captain's requested you. All right. I appreciate this, but, like, keep, keep this moment a little bit. Like, uh, I don't I don't expect the other crews are, are going to be super thrilled to find out that, well, a kitty of my talents didn't uh, offer to anything else. You, you know, Give me keep... a deception check. <laughs> you're, you're, you're digging a very well-persuaded <laughs> hole into a very suspicious... Sailor. 
Ooh, ouch. That's a nine. A nine? <laughs> he holds the lantern as you try to explain why he needs to keep it mum. I don't think I understand. If you're under permission to go to the Hammerstein, why would I keep it mum? He kind of rests his hand on his cutlass, staring at you with a kind of look of incredulity. I might have come from another ship a while back without explicit permission, you understand? Um, I don't need that getting back to that commander. Which is technically true. Well, as they say, if you want things to be kept quiet around here, you best pay the tax, don't you think? (laughs) Alright, can I do a perception check on him just to kind of See what, uh, if I can intuit the amount that will keep him happy. Give me an insight check, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Didn't know what that was going to be, insight. What? <laughs> I'm enjoying this. I'm, this is the first time that your kitty bullshit is actually going to work, so it's that been was pretty cool. cool. <laughs> it's an eight because I have plus seven. I'm really good shit. <laughs> hey, it's hard to tell. If this sailor's guarding the, the tenders for the flagship, it's probably going to be expensive. But you're not really sure how much. Yeah. And Buck, right. you're listening. You're hearing this whole conversation from the shadows. All right. I'm going to just kind of flip him a uh, an electron piece and just kind of be like, "I think we have an understanding." Yeah. What the fuck is this? I've never uh, even seen this kind of coin before. Uh, is it like uh, a token? It's uh, non fungible. <laughs> Is this cryptocurrency? You know, the plague told us from him. when we travel out here to the Lucidian <laughs> to expect stupid shit like cryptocurrency. So I'm not really sure uh, what this coin's for. It's worth five silver pieces, but five, five. I'm just flipping. Well, then uh, give me five silver pieces, you daft bugger. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think I'm made of pockets? You look bloody well like a thief, so yes. Guess right. you're made of pockets. You got a lot of coin in their pockets. <laughs> if you Fine. want this tender, Fine. you want to get to the Hammerstein, and you Fine. want me to keep it, mum's the word. Then I have to pay the tax. All right, all right, all right. Uh, just going to slip in two gold. Uh, All right, yeah. Now you're speaking my language. Uh, Oh, look. Looks like something else has drawn my attention away. (laughs) And the sailor starts turning and, you know, he's like flipping one of the gold coins in his hand as he's walking down the beach. As he turns away, can I try to pick his pocket with my tail? Oh. Sure. Give me a sleight of hand. (laughs) No. The way you've been rolling, you're going to try that? 15. 15? You feel a hand brush up against your tail. <laughs> nice try. It'd be, uh, it'd be sad if you didn't try. Better luck next time. <laughs> oh, you get me, man. You and get he keeps me. Walking. You get me. Oh, this guy's cool. He's, <laughs> he's just so good-humored about the whole thing. I imagine him walking around just saying mum the rest of the night. <laughs> mum, mum, mum. I learned a new word. Mum's the word. <laughs> mum, mum, mum. I do vaguely feel like Spot has finally found their people. <laughs> <laughs> so as you come out of the shadows, Puck, you, Augusta Winds, and Calico Jade, Kitty of Fortune, climb into the, the one of the tandems that has the name Hammerstein on the side of it. 
It seems like this is what, and there's four tenders here, all with the same name on the side. So you get the feeling that all four of these tenders probably come from the flagship. It's currently about a thousand feet off the shore. Who's rowing? He could be pulling them, right? Yeah, I was gonna say I could push them. <laughs> I don't know that, uh, that would work. <laughs> since we're trying to be stealthy, do we want to go together or separately? I mean, I don't think they actually know you're here, Puck. So, um, <laughs> Winter, why don't you and I row out to the ship and uh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> but all three of you are getting in one tender, right? Yeah. Okay. So, Winter and Spot, give me strength checks, please. Which is like, strength? Really? <laughs> I think she's like the, one of the strongest ones out of our group, though. I so think you might be right. One five. I do love that you didn't even bother asking me. I think that's correct. <laughs> well, there's only two oars, so it's not like, nope. you know. <laughs> I mean, you can certainly help if you want to. <laughs> My little hands. <laughs> Hang out the back, kicking your feet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically, you could man the tiller to make sure that, you know. Um, so what would you get, Spot? 15. One five. 15? That's five. What would you get, Winter? <laughs> oh, you're, you're muted. You're muted. I let it down. I got a nine. A nine? <laughs> Going in circles now. Um, <laughs> Puck, give me a slide of hand as you try to steer the tender while they're doing their best to coordinate the oaring. Nineteen. You're rolling pretty good today. Right. <laughs> so while Winter and Spot are having a hard time coordinating the oars. You manipulate the tiller to take advantage of whatever they're doing, whether it's rowing or uncoordinated surface water dancing. You're not really sure <laughs> what they're the doing, water. but they're struggling to get it like into a pattern in motion. And what you do is you just kind of manipulate the, the, the tiller to kind of just keep. But if anybody was watching from on shore, they would see this like tender, like doing this and, Stopping to go in a circle and then straighten out and kind of zigzag towards the Hammerstein. Um, everybody give me one more set of rolls. So Spot and Winter, one more set of Strength Check. And Puck, give me another sleight of hand as you guys are making your way towards the Hammerstein. 18. Seven. Good Lord, 18 <laughs> and an 18? What'd you get, Good Spot? Day. Seven. Seven? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> guys, I, I got an idea. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the tender sinks. <laughs> so there's a moment. Off the side of the yeah, boat. there's like a moment, Earthen, as you pause after you and Xanath have this story, and you take a moment to kind of look off the bluff and down towards the beach. Halfway out on the shoreline, like out in the water, you just see this tender circling oh my god oh my god <laughs> you see I'm a like, little like, tiny figure yelling not, at two other figures not and you can helmet, hear like, all their frustrated voices kind of like echoing up the side of the bluff <laughs> Damn it, oh my god look, look at this I, 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 like knocking our helmet like think think you know oh. hey, look out there <laughs> they've been out there a long time like <laughs> they've covered a lot of ground in the yeah. same circle Mm -hmm. <laughs> or ocean and, but or whatever. they're gradually they're just... doing this 
towards the hammerstein. You get the feeling that whoever's steering is just hoping at some point they're just going to circle run into the edge of the hammerstein so that they could try to climb up on, on board of it. But it really seems like how the moons circle around <laughs> us is kind of they're what they're trying. trying to do out there. There's probably a there's probably a strategy to it. Maybe they're trying to avoid getting hit or like uh, maybe I don't that know. shark guy's out there. This is probably like a pirate thing that's <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. Um. Uh, if, it, if it's time for it, I will uh, cast Cry on Mannheim. Okay. As you cast, uh, you get into like your your focused position, and you feel that feeling of your disembodiment from your physical form as your translucent form lifts up, and you're waiting for it to pull you in the direction as you focus on the familiar figure, Mannheim. His disheveled look, his face, his kind of strange appearance that you remember seeing in the bowels of the sanatorium. And you're pulled in the direction of the community down below. And as you're pulled down towards it, you pass by a series of signposts in front of the community. It seems that they call this place Thane's Reach. And as you pass the posted signs towards the double-gated entrance of the kind of like hodgepodge walled area around you pass over the wall and you're inside the internal workings of the community. Um, you pass directly over the mine pit and for a brief moment, a sense of cold kind of overwhelms you, but you push through it focused on Mindham. Go over it up the 50-foot bluff of the internal section of the community where a series of squat stone structures sit up in the bluff side and you're pulled by a sign that's called that calls these dwellings the Copper Halls. And you're pulled into the interior of one of the buildings. And there you could see the disheveled figure of Mannheim on the ground of a stone room. To his right and left, two gnomes. They are very much dressed um, in leadership attire. One is wearing the attire of academia. Like, maybe they're a scribe, but greater than a scribe. Like, maybe... Uh, almost like a librarian of sorts. The other one is wearing a guildmaster's outfit. Um, and both gnomes, male gnomes, seem to be staring at each other for a moment, and then they stare down at Mannheim. The, the gnome on the right looks over to the gnome on the left. And... Make sure I'm using the right names. <coughs> and you hear his voice. Grimfa, what do we do with this thing? We finally got it out of those bowed hallways underneath that foolish priest. The other gnome looks back over 
and says, I don't know what to do, Brimford. We know that this thing is connected to what we're looking for, but I don't know how we get to it. Look at his madness. Hey, he's gone quite mad. He watches the gnome in the academic wear, the librarian attire. Gets a little closer to Mannheim. You there, fool. Tell us, what took your mind? He watches Mannheim kind of turns over to crab away from the one that is called Brimford. And he's got this look of sheer panic. He looks emaciated like he hasn't eaten in days. He's gaunt. His eyes sallowed into deep into his eye sockets. Purple, like, veins of protrusions on his neck and distensions. Dirty, covered in soot and grime and sweaty humidity of the environment. Hey! <laughs> Shadows? Shadows. Shadows crawling. in. They take. They take. He holds his hands up to his face. They take it all. They take. I, I tell you, he's daft. We're not going to get anything from him like this. What do you suggest we do? I say we get the lesion. It'll find out what's inside that brain. He watches Brimfor stares over at an iron box sitting on a table. There's no coming back from that if we use it, though. Doesn't matter. He's mad already. Let's just get what we can get and be done with it. Brimfor motions towards Brimford. Hey, well, but I'm not using it. You use it. Maybe we get that daft goblin to do it for us. I hate touching that thing. No, don't involve him. He's... Uh, fine. You watch as Brimford walks over to a small bucket, reaches in, pulls out a chainmail glove, puts it on his hand. And the gnome walks over, lifts open the iron box. And as he reaches in, something begins to just make this horrendous screeching noise. As this 18-inch long larval creature gets pulled out of the iron box, he walks over um, to where Mannheim is cowering on the ground. Grimford looks at Grimfor. Well, hold it down. I've got to control this thing. Can I try and send sending right now to Mannheim and be like, run, run now? Ooh. It's not concentration. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> you are exposing yourself. Um, how do I want to do this? Give me an intelligence check to okay. stabilize the way you're going to combine your focus with Scry and try okay. to convince Mannheim to start running. Give him a, a nudge of panic. All right, I'll use guidance. Okay. Right. That's a 14 plus one is 15. Plus another one is 16. I just rolled a natural one for his insight. Oh, no. You watch as he starts rolling on the ground, screaming that the voices are in his head. 
yelling at him. The shadows are trying to take his mind. And he starts inadvertently scrambling away um, from both Brimford and Grimfor. But then you, your scrying picks up on a shadow that comes out of the background as this metal construct steps away from the wall and you can hear the creaking metal of an iron golem just extend out and grab Meinheim by the scruff and then hold him out in front of Brimfor. You hear Brimfor look up at the steel golem or the, the iron golem. Thank you very much. Now hold him steady. And you watch as Brimfor holds the strange larval-like creature, jams a like a short sword into the belly of Mannheim, slits it open, jams the larval creature into its belly. You watch as it begins to crawl up into his chest, and as it gets to its throat, it expands out. And you can see tendrils of like uh, weird fibers jet out and begin to probe and sink into the skull of Mannheim. This is always the weird part. I don't like watching it, but it works. Of course it works. Took us a while to find the damn thing and it works. Just get ready to ask the questions. And as the Iron Golem holds the thrashing Mannheim, Mannheim finally goes limp. You hear this disembodied voice Ask your questions before I feast on its brain. Brimfor looks over at Grim... Or Brimford looks over at Grimfor and they both exchange glances. What caused your madness? The shadowed entity... He calls himself Erebus. Both gnomes exchange strange glances. Uh, Like the one in the writing. Are you telling me the shadow claims to be the god creator? That is what this meat sack thinks it is. It's two questions. How deep in the mines were you? I was near the inner pit, the final level before the entrance. That's daft. What entrance? What does the entrance look like? It is a great skull of a beast you would call a Tarrasque, embedded into the side of a great crystalline structure. This thing walked into it before he went mad. Both gnomes exchange nervous glances. Does the Guardian know about you? You feel your scry just suddenly just stop and you're pulled out of your scry effect. 
Mannheim is dead. I just watched them kill him. How? He was... He's all the way in the mines. He's in this sort of city in the mines. There were two gnomes with him who looked like they're from the Copper Keepers. One a librarian and the other one like a you know, administrator of some kind. They were questioning their... him what drove him mad. Did you catch their names? I did. It was Grimforth and Grim Grimford and Grimfar. Uh, I'm going to pull out the book that I had out of the sack and flip it open and see because uh, we had the, or was it the sack or the note. One of those things had the name look like Grimmer on it and I'm like if I like go back over it. a shortened version. Yeah. Right. Like a nickname. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just, can, would I be able to insight? Uh, considering all the information you've collected, you can give me a history check. Okay. That's a fifteen. Uh, Seventeen. Sorry, got my seventeen. Yeah. You do find some written notes that you um, remember that there is someone that goes by the name of Grimfor, who's the leader of the Copper Takers. Mm-hmm. And you also come across some notes about a gnome that goes by the name of Brimford Hobblefirth, who is known of the leaders of the Copper Makers. These might be the two that Xanath has mentioned. These might be the leaders of this guild and organization. They currently appear to be here. I knew I recognized those names. Uh, like I pointed out in the book, in the notes that we had, like the, right. the just the writings and everything. Like these are the guys. These are the names from the book on the boat, and these are these are the guys. I think. Winter was trying to chase one of them down when we were back in the city when we first arrived. She talked about that lady with the spider legs, but so these are the like the heads of the copper takers and the copper makers. These are the people at the center, and they're interested in Manhattan. What drove him mad? Yeah, it appears to be the administrative leadership of Gnomeworks. And what knowing well, well, how did they get that out of him? How, how did they? Uh, and you probably heard me shouting like run, run, run when I was sending the message. Yeah, yeah. Um, they pulled out a they had an iron box, they called it the lesion. They pulled out like a bug, and I tried to warn him, and he didn't understand because he was mad. And they had a big metal construct that held him. They split him open and they put the bug inside him. And then they asked questions. And I'll recount what they asked and what he responded. Yeah, and the only thing you didn't get to respond for is when they asked him if the Guardian knew. The Guardian. Yeah. Huh. Back on the city, they had talked about the Tarrasque under this, under the, I mean, you remember that? I guess it's not alive anymore. Yeah. I I wonder if they're asking because they want it. It seems less like I don't know if they want something or they they just want to know what the dangers are as they're digging for residuum. They seemed 
But what was that last question? The Guardian? Does the Guardian know? How how did they ask that question? Was it like, uh, were they nervous? Was it, I mean, would, you know, were they flustered or something? How, what was the tone of that question? They were fearful. They, when the, when the creature talked about this, the shadow creature, Erebus, they knew about Erebus. And when they talked about the terrasque and how going inside the terrasque mouth was the point at which Mannheim went insane, they were scared. They're, they're fearful. They're not confident. Erebus, that is that what they call the guy that we met under the crystal? The thing? The the hooded figure that we met under the crystal? That guy kept saying he was the one. You said they called you said they said uh he uh they called him the god creator. Creator? That didn't that, 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 that talks that's like what the guy was talking about, wasn't he? He called himself the primordial and he was the first one and all that, whatever, whatever that nonsense. Oh, the guy with the... The hooded figure holding up the crystal, the giant thing yeah. holding up that crystal. Or trying to hold the crystal or whatever he was doing. But he's not a shadow. Well, you didn't like him. I thought he was scary for sure. Maybe, I mean, maybe the primordial is the guardian. Or maybe it's the the dragon thing. Or maybe it's the dragon. Crap. I don't know, but Mannheim is dead now. We're not going to be talking to him without a spell. (laughs) Puck, on the seventh rotation of the tender, (laughs) give me a final sleight of hand (laughs) as you try to guide it right alongside the Hammerstein. This is going to be the role that she bluffs, that she, she, that she just totally <laughs> this is, bombs. This is about to be a nat 20, I'm sure of it. <laughs> you know I, mean? I think I read her lips, it was a 15. You are correct. Yes, it's ah. a So, uh, Spot Winner, you feel the tender bump up against the side of the Hammerstein. You can hear people talking up above. You can hear music. Um, there's even a moment where all three of you kind of look up to see somebody looking down. Um, all three of you give me a stealth check, please. Because it is dark out on the ocean. God damn it. Oh, actually, that's not that bad. 17. 17. Okay. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, I mean, a 17 for you, though, is like rolling almost oh, a that one. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a twelve for me. Okay, winter. Sixteen. Okay. How did the table turn so badly? I know. It's all right. It's like I rolled a baby on a, the boat down there. I rolled a two plus four for perception. So just as this figure looks over and down, and the three of you kind of look up, seeing if you alerted anything, one of the gunwales opens, and as it opens, it kind of blocks their vision into the tender, but then you watch as a bucket of leftover meat and fish guts gets tossed out and all of you get covered. Uh, you know, 
but the gunwale stays open, and you can hear laughter from inside. The ship is quite large. It's maybe a five-deck ship. Um, and there's three rows of gunwales. Uh, ten gunwales per row. So this is a 30, 60 cannon flagship that you're currently looking at. It's huge. You like look down the right and the left, and about 20 feet above you is the first row of gunwales that would allow you to get inside if you want to. Currently, some are open, some are closed. Sounds like there's a lot of activity in the upper decks. For the most part, with your passive perception, the lower decks of the gunwales look or sound absent of noise. Can I do a uh, investigation or perception to just see if I can find any point on the hull that looks like um, the, uh, the tender would be kind of shielded from sight? Um, actually, it's pretty obvious for the three of you. You're like, with the way the hole kind of goes into the keel and looking left and right, if you were to shimmy the tender further up by about 40 feet, mm-hmm. it would be just under the bow or the stern of the ship. Sorry, just under the stern, which means anyone looking down probably won't be able to see it. Okay. I'm going to kind of motion uh, Puck and Winter, and I'm going to uh, actually get out of the uh, of the boat to physically push it, since I can do that with a lot more control than we can roll than we can row. Because you can walk <laughs> on water, right? Because I can walk on water. Yeah, it's always strange to see a monk do that. I don't even in a fantasy land, um, especially a cat. Give me a strength check, um, Spot, as you begin to push on the tender to move it more towards the stern. Uh, just a 10. 10? It's not very difficult. Um, it takes a little while. It, resistance on water versus walking on water is one of those strange fantasy physics. Um, can one actually slip? No, but it's kind of hard to get force and leverage at the same time. So it takes you a little while, but eventually... You shift the tender just under the stern of the boat, and it's now completely out of view from anybody up on the main deck. You also then hear further down another gunwale open up and another bucket of refuse like thrown out into the water. And that's when all three of you see shark fins kind of circling near the edge where the refuse is. And they kind of, the water kind of boils up a bit and then fins kind of kick and they kind of disappear into the inky water. Oh. All right. Let's try not to fall them. Right. Um, are we, was I able to kind of maneuver the, uh, the boat close enough that it's, uh, that it is pretty much out of sight from what I can see? Yeah. From what you can tell. Sure. Okay. Um, is there anywhere where I can, uh, where I can lash it so it doesn't go anywhere while we're doing this? Uh, give me a perception check as you glance at the edge of the stern to see if there's anything you can tie it off to. 28. <laughs> yeah, there's some metal rungs. Uh, looks like maybe that might be where they hang scaffolding for when they do work on the hull of the ship. Um, and you're able to tie off the tender to it and keep it lashed up against the stern. All right. Um, 
just kind of turned up, okay, so how do we want to do this? Because uh, I'm pretty sure that Puck and I could just get up there and sneak in in some form or fashion, but uh, what, what's what's the plan? Um, okay, Winter, would you rather we all went together or separately? What do you think would be better, basically? I hate to Scooby-Doo this, but we will cover more ground and probably be less suspicious. But there is, you know, some issues if we do get caught. Oh, this sounds like thinking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we shouldn't be too bad on our own. I don't think we're that reckless. <laughs> oh god famous last words <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we're that reckless well right, right. they're not coming back <laughs> it's a very bad feeling <laughs> I got a bad feeling about this <laughs> you know what you're right we're pretty okay yeah. <laughs> so let's maybe try and have an objective just based on what we each seen. Um, who wants to go uh, scour? Okay, how about this? I'll go scour um, the holding tanks and whatever, I guess the ground level stuff since it's a pretty big ship. Who wants to go upwards toward the captain's room and then nice. Um, <coughs> <laughs> We're gonna die. Winter. <laughs> uh, do you wanna. Um, is there like a specific place you want to turn uh, for? You can, if you want, come with me. And actually, probably I could use somebody a little bit stronger than me in case we find something big in the downward levels. Or you can um, just kind of, I guess, go around and see what you can study from the situation. You probably have a better chance of passing. Is just like a normal pirate. I guess like, I'll go with you because I just came to be reckless a little bit. I can't, I can't lie. <laughs> okay, then I will keep you in check since I am uh, very responsible. Do you have Puck and or do you have Punch and Lunch with you? Uh, no, I left them with you. I I left Punch with you, and I think I have Lunch with me since it's just as a, a coin. Yeah, it's okay. currently a coin. Uh, but I think Punch is just chilling. Yeah, it's, Punch yeah. Is just Punch chilling. just curled up in the corner of the tiny hut, just kind of paws <laughs> up in the air, kind of like oh. twitching. You look over, like you have you know. no idea what's about to go down, do you? But <laughs> I like when I'm stressed out, I just go and rub his belly. It's very calm. It's just, just very oh. loud fur that radiates throughout the tiny hut. Oh, there's a moment when Punch kind of lifts its huge furry head. Its ears go flat for a moment. Like it could hear something off in the distance. And then just like a cat, calmly its ears go back to normal and it lies back down and slips back into its nap. I put my hand and I said, yeah, that's the sound of a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that was hysterical. So with that, Spot, you're heading up towards the tallest point of the stern where the captain's quarters would be. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Uh, Winter and Puck, you're heading towards the cargo hold for starters? Uh, yeah. Okay. So both Winter and Puck, give oh, me... Yeah, actually, go ahead. can I do pass without a trace in this situation? Absolutely, if you want to. You're concentrating on it. Lasts up to an hour, I believe, or 30 minutes. Yeah, uh, yes, and would it... Uh, hour. I don't know if I'm close enough to spots to like make it work for that long. Uh, it would work for a little while for his first attempt to get up on to the edge of the of the of the hull of the ship, but once he's more than thirty feet away from you, he wouldn't gain gain the benefit anymore. Okay, that makes. So he can at least use it for his starting point. Okay, so I'm casting it now. Uh, pass without a trace. Okay, so you puck you and winter. Uh, as well, well, Spot, you can climb sheer vertical surfaces, right? Oh, yeah, like, so, yeah, you're good. Climb. He's just walking on the side. Yeah, so thing. Spot, give me stealth with a plus 10. Winter and Puck, start off by giving me acrobatics or athletics, for starters. Hey, uh, Winter, Puck, I'm, like, not to medicate too much, do you guys want me to, like, use some darts and kind of make handholds for you on this? Because I'm... Yeah. Uh, yes, please, because I got a nine. Okay. <laughs> What'd you get, right. Winter? At 25. Right, so you're good. Can I get a piggyback ride from Winter? <laughs> Strength right. save. Uh, you my... can't have advantage, Puck, because we'll say that Spot goes up ahead of both you and Winter and puts these darts right below the cargo hold gunwale, like the very first ones that you could get to. He even props one of them open. He looks inside. It's pretty dark. Nothing that you can see immediately, Spot. This is going to be the 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 deck that's right above the cargo hold. Um, whereas you know the next four decks up would take you all the way up to the main deck. So the the lower hold of the ship is right below this first tier of the gunwale, and Spot did a pretty good job of setting you guys up to get to it, while he is just sheer like he's climbing up towards the captain's quarters windows on the rear of the ship, the stern. And he's doing it with no effort whatsoever. But spot for that first 30 feet of distance up towards it, you do get a plus 10 on your stealth check. Yeah, that's a 30. <laughs> okay. Good to know. Uh, Winter and Puck, what'd you get for your second roll, Puck? Uh, I got a 19. Okay. <clears throat> so you and Winter managed to hoist yourself up using the darts and the two of you are now like right below where the gunwale is propped open in this like uh, three foot wide, two foot tall entryway. And you can see the cannon sitting there, but it's very dark inside. And there's definitely a strange kind of rotting smell. Uh, can we do perception to see if we can kind of get a sense of which direction the uh, holding cell might be? Uh, yeah, give me a perception check. Uh, eight. Rough start. Winter, what'd you get? I got an 11. 11? I mean, as the two of you poke your heads in and in the dark, 
since you're at the stern of the ship, looking towards the midsection of the ship, you can see what looks like um, a series of stairs that goes down into the main hold and then goes up towards the next deck. You can see uh, nine other cannons on this side and ten other cannons on the opposite side. You can see kegs of powder and shot and cannonballs. You can see rope and wadding and all the material that would be needed to operate this level of the gunner's deck. But you don't see any people. But to the direction of where you can see the stairs, the two of you can now hear mutterings and footsteps as somebody is coming out of the lower hold and up into the midsection of the gunner's deck that you're looking into. They don't seem to pay you any mind. They walk over to a different gunwale and you realize it's a orcish looking individual. And he props open a different gunwale and he's carrying two buckets and he just throws them out. Uh, sharks be liking that nasty. <laughs> well, that's enough for tonight. I'll do some more in the morning. And he watches the orc kind of walks over the stairs and starts climbing up the stairs <coughs> towards Excuse the main me. deck as he leaves the two buckets at the foot of the stairs of the deck that he just kind of walked up from, the, the lower hold. Uh can I inspect the buckets just to see if there's leftovers or if there's maybe another reason they're doing this? Sure, they're about 60 feet away. Uh, give me a stealth check as you pull yourself in and start creeping towards the buckets with Winter right behind you. So both you and Winter giving me fresh stealth checks with a plus 10 because you still mm -hmm. have Pass Without a Trace up. Uh, 27. Nice. Is that a uh, stealth check with plus 10 because uh, Puck has passed without a trace up. Uh, wait, so that pass 10, does that like make my plus 14 or is it just like, uh, I guess like. <laughs> it's a normal stealth roll. Then you add a plus 10 on top of it. Oh, nice. Okay, so uh, a 34. Okay. <laughs> What'd you get, Winter? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm rolling now. <laughs> no worries. 26. I got a 16 plus 10. Yay. <laughs> yeah, you guys are being pretty quiet. You're creeping through. And that's when you can see, like, along the right side, where he's thrown stuff out the gunwale, you could see, like, bits of, like, viscera and meat that kind of slopped out of the buck buckets when he tossed them out. It's kind of like a mixture of, um, uh, like, fish guts, other kind of animal awful and stuff that didn't quite make it out the gunwale. As you get towards the edge of the, of the stairs that go down into the lower hold, you can hear lots of laughter and music from up, up above. You get the feeling that whatever crew is still left on here is they're either not taking guarding seriously, they don't feel like they're under any kind of threat or of incursion, and it just sounds like they're drinking, gambling, and just kind of having a good time in the upper decks above you. Two of you at the edge of this, where the buckets are, the buckets are coated in like a bloody liquid, just like this kind of bloody, syrupy, congealed remains of stuff that's been eaten 
and just consumed, but it's got a real kind of rotten smell to it. And there's, being this close to the lower hole, there's a permeation of rot coming from down below as well. Oh. <clears throat> uh, should we just keep going down and mentally prepare ourselves for whatever it is that is emitting this smell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. Oh my God, the way she said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we'll continue to go down and hopefully okay. it won't be too bad. As you, two of you kind of slip over the edge and into the stairwell. The stairs here are a bit moist, like they're kind of like from the humidity and the constant trekking of these buckets up and down. They're a little bit slippy, but the two of you maintain your footholds pretty well. You get a little bit deeper down into the hole, and as the two of you step off into the interior, it comes down about 10 feet, and you're in a hole that's filled with hundreds of barrels. Um, they all have lids on them. They all seem to be leaking a strange kind of fluid. Um, there's slick fluid on the ground. And there's like a flat nose shovel that maybe they were using to scoop things up and put it into the buckets because there's stacks of buckets in some of the gaps in the spacing of the floor. But from the midsection looking right and left, the two of you just see rows and rows of barrels. And every now and then you hear a thud. Oh, shit. Boop. Oof. Boop. Spot, you make it up to the top of the stern, and you're just under those flat glass panels that allows you to see or get into the captain's quarters that usually hangs out the back of a ship. Mm-hmm. There's a dim light, but it sounds like all the noise is midships, up near the midships of the main deck or down below in the commons deck. You can hear people drinking, gambling, playing music, laughing. You can even hear the, the, the sounds of a small fight break out as they're probably getting drunker and drunker by the hour. What do you want to do, Spot? Is there an obvious latch to the stern galley windows or... <laughs> Give me an investigation check as you begin to examine the edges of the windows. Uh, that is an 18. 18. You could see like metal latches on the interior of each one of the window panes. Get a little lock pick in there. You might be able to slip them up. All right. I'm going to try to uh, pick my way in. And if that doesn't work, I have a backup. Uh, give me a slide of hand check. Do you have a lock pick? Yes, I have a. God, nice. So you have advantage. Thieves tools. Well, it's already oh, thieves tools. Yeah, it's built into it. That's a twenty. <laughs> What'd you get? Twenty-nine. Oof. Yeah. Not even a peep. I mean, you just feel. But give me a fresh stealth check as you're about to go into the captain's quarters. Uh, twenty-three. Twenty-three. All right. With that, let's go ahead and take our break. And we will be back here in five minutes for the second half. 
And we are back. Wait for everyone to come back from their break. There's Earthen and Winter. Mm. We got a new, uh, they call it Taste of Belgium. It's the name of a restaurant near here. So it's like yeah. a Cincinnati based place. Amazing waffles. <laughs> like, I bought just, some just, just to bring home. <laughs> just square shaped toast. Oh, yeah. But thick and, <laughs> and you know, perfect. <laughs> Fucking winter, always getting in trouble. <laughs> what did I do with you two? Salty McTiger Fist? <laughs> salty was a good name. Salty, I, had, I, I couldn't come up with something better than Salty. I so love I it. Us. That's great. <laughs> but I am not a short dwarf. I am a gnome that is perfectly normal sized. <laughs> I am a perfectly normal sized gnome. Can't help it that I'm taller than a dwarf. <laughs> Waiting on Xanath. Oh my god. I can't believe you guys split the party. That's so funny. <laughs> I mean, when have we not split the party? I mean... <laughs> unless it's a big fight. That's the only time we haven't split the party. Otherwise, split the party. <laughs> It's also, I think, more dramatic if you're going to break into a pirate captain's lair. I think. Well, yeah, you guys further split the. You you like extra bisect oh. the party, right? <laughs> it's by the end of it, we're all just gonna be in like three different stories. <laughs> <laughs> so, Spot, you managed to get the window pane. You you managed to swing the window open outward. The room appears to be empty. It's quite nice. It's a large room, being this is a particularly large flagship. Um, you can see a desk, maybe four or five bookcases loaded with like strange curios and statues and collections, books and maps kind of strewn all about the place. Very large, oversized bed, two or three large chests open spilling out with like clothes and bolts of fabric and uh, other things paintings either leaning or hanging up on the wall there's a main double door directly across from you that must lead out onto either the main deck or the helms deck you're not entirely sure uh, there's also another series of stairs that looks like it goes up towards the ceiling and maybe that leads up towards the helms deck above the captain's quarters so it's it's a pretty large space. What do you want to do? First off, I want to kind of use my uh, my thieving skills to make sure there's not any traps, basically, that I am, in fact, alone in this room. Uh, give me an investigation check as you begin to double-check the room. That's no mimics. Just a 10. 10? Yeah. Um, 
Being on the inside, it's hard to tell. Most traps are set to keep you from getting in. The fact that the windows weren't trapped tells you that this particular captain feels secure. Um, the only thing is maybe the main doors are locked. Um, other than that, you don't really see anything of, uh, of concern or worry that you can tell. All right. Uh, I'm going to head over to the desk and uh, just kind of look at the papers and books and see if anything stands out. Okay. Go ahead and give me another investigation check as you begin to kind of just peek through drawers, books, parchments that are tied up on the on the on the top of the desk. All right. Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen. Uh, they mostly seem to be registers and ledgers of. Uh, loading and unloading vast quantities of something called viscera vines. Um, there's also entries for each of the different groups of the barrels that get unloaded or offloaded. Um, and they're referred to as experiments. And the current ledger that you're looking at is... Um, uh, experiment 10649ZK and it seems to be shipped to the copper makers um, or intended to be shipped to them um, uh, within the last three or four days. So maybe this recent arrival might be this recent shipment. Um, there are a ring of keys and another drawer uh, you find a small leather pouch of coin. Um, maybe you look into it real quick, and there's maybe 30 gold and 12 platinum in the small leather pouch. Um, there's stacks and stacks of papers, um, notes, and entries for what feels like a lot of activity of either delivering or picking up cargo. None of this is um, making my, my ex-thief sense super uh, comfortable. Okay. Like, um, I feel like the pouch there is kind of a, a lure. Like um, anybody that leaves out that much gold probably has something more to hide. Can I look at the desk and see if there might be any kind of like um, hidden, com uh, hidden compartments or something? Yeah, give me, a, give me another investigation check as you start kind of feeling for false bottoms or looking for drawers that are like against something that might be thicker or thinner as you start wondering if there might be something false here. Uh, just a 12. 12? Nothing what? really pops out. Nothing comes out to mind. Mm -hmm. Seems All like right. a pretty run-of-the-mill, ordinary desk. All right. Um, you said there was a bookcases. Uh, any tomes on those that... Again, would kind of pique my interest. The second bookcase to your left has four books that look very recently used, and they have some pretty bizarre names on the spines of the books. All right. Um, last thing, because I really should have talked about it beforehand, is there like an oilskin pouch or just something that I can kind of shove things into that's reasonably waterproof? Um, looking around, give me a perception check as you scour the area around you. 18. 
there is a cruise cloak. So hanging on a peg, you could see a waterproof cloak that's hanging. You could probably fill that up with stuff, tie it off, and kind of carry it like a haversack if you had to. All right. Just start doing that. Just load up uh, the uh, the most recent manifest and those four books. Okay. Pull the books, the manifests, start gathering all that up. Earthen and Zanith, the other half of your team, has been gone for the better part of an hour currently. Um, just got back from your scry, and the two of you are kind of lingering about the tiny hut. What would you like to do? It's now mid-evening. Sun's been down for a couple hours. The fact that you haven't heard any loud explosions or any warning bells is a little comforting at this point. A good sign. Maybe. I mean, I always feel like there's a yet on that thought, <laughs> right? I mean, the cat who, like, sprung the electric door within the first day of meeting him, remember? This is true. This is, uh, yeah, it might be going terribly. Um, well, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't want to leave where we are. But I kind of want to go to the beach and wait for him. <laughs> uh, I could shoot him a message to check in if we just want to know how they're doing. Or do you want to kind of go to the pirate ship and get involved? I guess we could start there. Kind of don't want to go to the pirate ship. I had enough of, of uh, questionable boats on the way here. We know that Sawtooth is coming in about two or three days, and we wanted to. Three days, yeah. We wanted to sort of get into the mines and get positioned before then. Is there any other? I guess I'm trying to think whether there is any other intelligence that we can be gathering while the, these guys are on the pirate ship. I, what if we? What we? I mean, we can scout the city. Um, uh, GM question. If I was to polymorph one of us into a flying animal just for the sake of scouting, mm-hmm. uh, one of us walk and one, uh, one fly or something, would they be able to remember what they saw? Depends on what you turn yourselves into. <laughs> I can also, I could be invisible or I have another spell. Oh, yeah, you have invisible. Yeah. Or I could make okay. you invisible. One of us can be invisible. I've got advantage with my fancy clothes, so. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Should we just go? I have and... a little bit of pocket luck as well if, if things go sour. So. Should we go and poke around? Just see what we can see if we. I mean, it, it, it it's worth it to at least check out the the walls. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, you described some pretty big walls in this city that we're gonna have to get past somehow. Big walls big stone buildings that the copper keepers seem to have set up and inhabit. Pretty sure they're not going to let us just walk in there. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, yeah, that's a good plan. If you can All be, right. how long, how long can you stay invisible? Um, I can be invisible for, Oh, it's only for one minute. I can also do another spell called mislead though. That's for an hour. Why? Well, I've got some stuff to kind of CYA for us, you know? To cover our asses, so um, <laughs> we can probably make it. 
We, it'll, you know, it can, we can't be any worse off than those guys. We're the adults, right? That's true. Yeah, we're the adults. <laughs> uh, so we've got this handled. It'll be fine. Totally got it. Totally. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sweet. I'm just going to like <laughs> leave uh, the door open with a tiny, or the tiny head disappears when you walk out, doesn't it? It does. Correct. Yeah, it'll come down. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, if you just leave the door open just so we know where to find it. <laughs> I'll, do, <laughs> I'll do enhance ability on both of us for um, Dex. Okay. Um, which Ooh. I think helps with stealth. My Dex right? is going to be insane. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. So the question is, how close do you want to try to get before you do all this casting? Because it could take you about 20 minutes to get within like the, you know, the community boundaries, so to say. Yeah, um, you know, maybe like five how long, minutes outside. Well, I say, how long does enhanceability last? For an how hour. Long does that last? An hour. But I can, that one, it's a low level spell, so I can keep casting it. Yeah, I think uh, let's hit that before we go, and then you know, worst comes worst, I can dimension. We can we can zap out of here with my little portal door and all that fun stuff. You know, okay. might put them on a little bit of watch, but we we can figure something out. Okay. So, so I'll say, like, when we get five minutes from sort of, like, City Edge or wherever we think we're going to start seeing people all cast in okay. Um The two of you give me survivor checks, or survival checks, for starters. All right. Guidance. <laughs> oh, no, I, I can't do guidance because it's concentrate. Well. That's only a minute, right? Yeah, it's only for a minute, so I'll do that. We'll say I did that before I did enhance ability. It's not a great roll. 17. Okay. Uh, nine. Nine? <laughs> um, you do see a, a, a footpath trail at the edge of the bluff, Earthen, mm-hmm. and you figure that if you take that along the very edge of the bluff, skirting away from the coast where all the tenders are and where all the activity is of the onloading, uh, you know, the offloading and loading of the different tenders going out towards the many different ships. There are small collections of two or three people around fires that seem to be responsible for keeping an eye on everything while people are either loading or offloading. But staying in the shadow of the bluff will give you your best opportunity to get as close as you want to try to get to the kind of mining community. Just stay close to me. I think I see a path down here. I think we can probably make our way close enough uh, without raising any alarm. Just careful with the helmet. Uh, give me stealth checks as you two begin your journey towards the edge of Thane's Reach. Wow. So with advantage. Uh, I got a 19. That's an 18. Yeah. Not bad. Um, Between the two of you, you begin skirting the edge of the bluff, keeping the shadows of the firelight and all the other light you can see, the stars and the moon, within the shadow of the bluff itself. It's kind of like the bluff is slightly above you. It curves down from the erosion, allowing you to kind of skirt the edge of it and get further and further towards Thane's Reach. The closer you get, the more you begin to realize this is almost like a normal-looking community. 
You watch as like a wagon filled with gnomes goes by. They're all wearing mining equipment and gear and lanterns and pickaxes and shovels. And uh, one of the drivers of the wagon, this big hulking human-like figure just kind of driving the reins. Um, they pass by some a patrol of about seven guards wearing all chainmail. <clears throat> the one thing that looks strange about them is the way they carry their shields. There are these almost like obsidian discs of um, uh, uh, of metal that they seem to have on their right arm. Meanwhile, on their left hands, they carry pikes. Um, and they seem to be either, like the first group you come across are like marching in a very kind of like coordinated fashion to keep an eye on the roads you can see a small little guard outpost where four of them are kind of just hunkered down, eating an evening's meal, and two of them are playing dice. And you watch as people are walking by um, a mixed assortment of individuals, some elves, some humans, a few dwarves, but mostly gnomes of middle age for a gnome, um, all probably puck's age for the most part, except they look very grimy and suit covered from mining activity for the most part. Um, as you get a little bit closer, you could see the double gated entrance that's currently open and carts are going in. Some carts are coming out. Most carts that go in are laden with barrels and boxes. Um, and as they come out, there's heaps of raw material in the backs of them as they're making their way back down towards the beach. You guys have pretty good vantage points of being able to see and watch all this as this feels like a normal community. It doesn't feel like anyone's necessarily being forced to do the work. Um, you can see the pennants of the Copper Hall Guild, um, you know, raised up over on the main stanchions of flags. Uh, the one thing that definitely catches both your eyes, you can see off of the distance kind of like, um, anchored up against a huge iron post up in the air. You can see a small airship. Um, you can also make out um, the inner workings of the community by peering through the gates. As the gates are open and the two of you are hiding in the shadows, invisible, looking through the gates, go ahead and give me perception check with advantage. As well as fresh stealth checks. Ooh. Man. Well, perception that was a nat twenty. Okay. So that's add nine, add eleven to that. Thirty-one on 31. perception. Okay. I got a twenty-six for perception. Okay. And then a, a nineteen on my stealth. Okay. I got double nine stealth. I got a ten. Ten. Thank goodness for you're invisible, right? Uh, no, I'm not, not yet. Not yet. Okay. I said, Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Watch yeah, there's the like a moment where like you accidentally kind of like you're so like gobsmacked by what you're seeing you you run into some boxes and you grab them really quick to keep them from tumbling over but the traffic noise and people coming back and forth no one really seems to like pay attention um the guards all seem bored the people all seem exhausted from a long day's work um for you though earth and looking through the open gates you can see a vibrant kind of market space deep in the inner workings. You could see very kind of like 
run down, but obviously <clears throat> residents like huts and and kind of shacks and stone buildings that people are kind of living in or lingering around. Um, but through it all, you can see in the very center of, you know, somewhere in that center, you can see the edges of the cranes, these great wooden cranes that are operating constantly and what must be the edge of the mining pit. It's almost as if they've just built this rather large community, once again, around this activity that they're doing. But beyond what Xanath had described in a bluff, in the backside of the community, you could see the copper halls, the three stone structures that sit above everything where she remembered her scry effect going into those halls and discovering what they were doing with Manheim. That must be the spot you were talking about, way up there, right? Yeah, at the top of the hill. You think we can... I really don't want to try to walk through this place. We're, we're going to stand out so badly. No, no offense. I'm taking not a and lot we, of blue people here. You also have a giant statue back in the city of you. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. Can I get a sense of how long it might take us to try and skirt around the outside? Give me a like if we if we were to go around the outside of the built uh, of the of the city, just skirt the walls, try to get to the back, closer to the yeah. to the uh, tower or the the bluffs rather. Yep. Give me a survival check as you look at the space between you and where you want to go. That's not bad. That's a nineteen. Um, there's definitely more guard positions that you can see further up and away. You kind of look at the city walls. So you could see the occasional two-person guards moving with crossbows along the edge of the wall. Um, not being overly protective. Um, it looks like it might take an hour or so to skirt all the way against the wall if you're super stealthy. If you wanted to just walk at a normal pace, maybe a half hour. Um, but it's hard to see all the way around, so you're not really sure. So... If we stay closer to the wall, it should be harder for any guards on the wall to see us. Because they're going to be looking for people coming to the wall. But we're already there. We made it that far. So I think the closer we stay to the wall, I mean, we still want to be a little sneaky. Don't bang your head on the wall. Okay? Sparks. Right? <laughs> Clang! You know, keep that, keep that thing under control. And uh, I think we can make our way around uh, pretty well. Um, I mean, I don't really have a cloak for us to pass through inside that, you know, actually, how far away is that bluff? From where you are right now? Straight shot from where we are right now. Roughly how far away? Maybe a couple thousand feet. Okay. So 2,000 feet out and about yeah. 100 feet up. Okay. You know, um, can I... Can I get a survey of the area and look for just a dark area of the of the city? Like like just not well lit. It's hard to tell for sure. I mean, you can only see the space between the two gates that are open. And that's a direct route yeah. to the edge of the pit. And then there's the other side of the mining pit and then the bluff behind it. So unless you get inside the city to look around the interior of the of the town, it, it's it's hard to know for sure what's in there. The only thing you can see is that direct route in. Okay. 
Um, I'm going to try something might be a little crazy, but, but maybe I can cover for it. Okay. So, but wait right here. All right. All right. Stealth. I'm going to, if you need me a fresh roll, I'm going to try and stealth activate my ring and shimmy up the wall. Uh, like, like at the, at the edge of a guard tower. Okay. Just to see if I can get a vantage down into the city. Okay. Give me a fresh stealth check. Okay. As you do that. Uh, not terrible. That's a 19. Okay. So Puck and Winter down in the lower hold, <laughs> you can hear a couple of barrels halfway down the hold thumping. You watch as one of the lids thumps slightly and kind of oozes a little bit more of that strange liquid out of the side, spilling down the side of it. And you can hear this, like, scratching noise, this kind of nail-on-wood scratching, kind of further down the hole. I hate this. This is not what we came here for. (laughs) (laughs) Might be a (laughs) T-Rex. You're right. I should I should go for it. <laughs> um, can I do try um, maybe nature uh, on trying to identify? Can I open one of those and try nature to maybe identify if I can see what this might be? Because it seems a little unnatural. Yeah, go ahead and give me a strength check to try to open one of the barrel lids. Actually, can I ask Winter to open them for me? <laughs> are, you trying to open, are you trying to open the barrel that's making scratching sounds and oozing stuff? Uh, no, just one of the more chill ones to begin and very stealthily. <laughs> um, You're mute, Wint. So am I doing strength check? If you want. Yeah. <laughs> you have better strength than me, okay? It will be embarrassing if I can't open a barrel. <laughs> you sh- might should have done it. I got a 13. 13? That's not terrible. CC was a 12, so I'm okay with that. You watch as Winter gets the edge of her fingers like underneath a couple of the loose like areas of the lid, and she cricks it open slightly. <clears throat> the barrel's about three feet tall, so it's it's a challenge for Puck at first, but um, wow. Puck, you're able to get up on your tippy toes and look in, and Winter, as you shift the lid across, the barrel is filled with like this gelatinous kind of weird um, orange and green and purple like meat-like matter. And you can see hundreds of these like two-inch-long worms kind of squirming in and out of the meat-like matter. You watch one of them kind of at first stop moving, and then they all stop kind of moving as they sense the lid is off. And you're now watching as all the worms are creeping towards the edge of the barrel like they're getting ready to swarm over the edge of the barrel. (laughs) Close it! Close it! Close it! Are you guys closing the barrel? 
Yes. Uh, <laughs> Slam. <laughs> Barrel lid goes back down, and then you notice about 20 barrels upward. It's kind of like thumpy. I hate nope. this so much. Nope. Uh, can I do a nature check on this monstrosity? Um, sure. Give me a nature check. Uh, 18. Never seen these before. They don't feel natural. And you remember as, as Winter was slamming that lid down, a couple of the worms were like the front of their, where maybe a mouth might be, would fan open. You see little serrated teeth. And just as she puts the lid on, they just kind of, you lose track, you know, you lose sight because she slams that lid back down before they could swarm to the edge. Um, okay. This is not the booty I was hoping to find. (laughs) (laughs) Now you can hear like chains shifting and rattling slightly off in the distance. You can hear a voice. Help. Help me, please. Help. Very cautiously, I approach that voice and try to stay hidden. You and Winter give me fresh stealth checks. Yeah. You're beginning to follow. You still have the plus 10, because it's up for an hour. <laughs> this is... Wow, that's... Um, that's tragic. Uh, no. Yeah, it, no, it's not that tragic. Okay, never mind. It's 24. Okay. 14 30. would be a little tragic, but 24... <laughs> yeah. What'd you get, Winter? 31. 31? <laughs> I thought you guys were 13 at first. I was like, how'd you get 13 with a plus 10? (laughs) As the two of you kind of slink in between the barrels, um, both of your passive perception is high enough to notice that every now and then near either the left or right wall in between the hull spacings um, where the hull ribs would be that, that, that kind of are the main support of this room. You can see just dangling um, chains with manacles on them that are empty. But there's like either coagulated or recently fresh kind of blood stains like nearby. The two of you get past some of the barrels that are like you literally walk by one barrel that's literally like thumping and you keep walking by it. Chained to the left um, side of the hold, you can see this very thin and gaunt individual. In they appear to be human, as far as you could tell. Their eyes are very sallow and sunk in. Their skin is very sunburnt. Um, they look like they haven't. You know, their lips are looking very peeled and parched. Um, and he, his hair is all matted down, like long matted hair. Um, and you can see that his left leg is a um, is a peg leg. Um, like this feels like a sailor that maybe got thrown down here for whatever reason. You're not really sure. And he's looking around as if he heard something earlier. He doesn't see the two of you now because you're in the dark in the shadow. And he's just he's chained to the wall. Help me, please help me. Mm-mm. <laughs> okay, you can feel I... Winter's hand on your shoulder, and she's. Mm-mm. 
<laughs> you ever seen that? You ever read that book called Nope? Nope. <laughs> nope. Can I, <laughs> uh, can I try to talk to him without really revealing our location too much? Talk to him? Well, we need to find out what's going on. And then if give he... me an exception check like you tried to throw your voice. Oh, God. Uh, 13. 13? <laughs> His face turns really quick to stare at the dark when he hears you call out. Hello? You gotta get me out of here. They're gonna oh. eat me. You gotta get me out of here. <laughs> no, we're the good guys. We're supposed to help. <laughs> Which is like, oh, you're the good guy. I'm the logical one. Uh-uh. Miss Reckless is over here like, no. right. I, I came to be reckless, not end up in severe danger. <laughs> The fact that he's, you he's, are currently the only person. The chains, like, please just get me out of here. Just get me out of here. Who are you? What is this place? My name is uh, Marcus. Um, this is where they feed them. Feed who? The things in the barrels. This is where they feed them. What are those things? I don't know. We're just. They're just paid to deliver them. I. I, I got caught stealing and they threw me down here said I was food for the lesions and I don't know what that means okay we have we have to help him this is too cruel whoa, whoa. <laughs> and like and as you're like like in between two barrels and looking at him and he's looking at you one of the barrels in the middle like rattles like pretty severely the lid kind of cracks slightly when it does. He watches an extra kind of like coating of ooze pulses from the edge of the barrel. Okay, we need to grab him and we need to go now. <laughs> Immediately. Puck launches herself over. He's manacled. Puck, give me an investigation as you start looking at the manacles to see if you can pick them. <laughs> All I wanted was some gold. <laughs> wow wow that was a nat one so it's a five a five yeah they're rusted and they're mangled and you're like trying to give me a sleight of hand it'll be a high dc Jeez. you have an advantage because you have locked uh, picking tools right oh uh, yes okay Wow, that is depressing. Okay, 15 was the highest. Yeah, you feel the lockpick dig in, but the rusted condition and the coagulated, like, kind of, like, moisture and gunk and grease inside everything makes it very hard for you to find the manacle tumblers as you're... Winter, right behind you, you hear a cracking noise. And as you look over your shoulder, you can see one of the barrels is spilled over. The lid is cracked off, but it's empty. But there's a strange slime trail that's kind of like exuding from it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you finish bundling up everything that you can grab and tie off the oil-soaked cloak. Um, am I able to try to like beat the chain? You know, like 
how you can like use the butt of something and just yeah. like get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> like um, beat the little lock thing so like yeah. the chain's great. Yeah, give me an attack roll as you realize Puck is struggling and you're looking at an empty, cracked open barrel behind you and a strange slime trail away from it. Uh, spot. Or attack. It's just like an unarmed attack. Okay. Or a weapon attack if you want to like use a dagger or a sword, depending on what you have. I use a dagger. Okay. Just give, hit that button. Attack roll. It's a 13. <laughs> 13? Okay. Spot. Yes. You still hear the music. You still hear them gambling out there on the main deck. So far, no one's come into the captain's quarters. You've gathered everything up into the oilskin cloak, and you've tied it off. All right. Um, you said something. Uh, there were some chests over on the... Yeah, some like wardrobe chests that are burst open. You know, the lids are open, and lots of clothing and fabric are spilling out of them. Okay. Um, I'm a little bit gun-shy from the last time. Um, is there a, a staff or, like, just... Uh, a longer piece of wood, uh, just something I could coat. <coughs> There's a coat rack off to your right. Okay. Can I... Uh, the coat rack's that? a hydra mimic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pick that up. I'm just going to kind of poke all the uh, all the chests. All right. Give me a slide of hand while you do that. Okay. <laughs> 25. 25. <clears throat> you kind of grab the coat rack and you start poking at the chests and the fabric and you lurch backwards waiting for them to try to eat you. Um, nothing happens. They seem to be inanimate. They're just normal clothing, fabric, and chests. Okay. I would like to rummage through them just looking for um, anything that looks useful or like particularly high quality. Uh, just okay. anything any of my companions might need. Uh, give me an investigation check. Come on, no better this time. Ah, uh, 11. God, 11? Those. First chest, nothing. Uh, go ahead and give me two more rolls for each of the other two chests. Right, give me a second. I'm going to do... I'm, I'm sick of doing those. Let's try this. <laughs> oh, that was even worse. <laughs> I got a 9 and a 5. Yeah, it's like you're rummaging through them. It just feels like they're just... Um, uh, cloaks and pants and shirts and tunics and pantaloons and things that are they're fine quality but it's strange it's almost like you're looking at a kind of like an amalgamation of somebody's closet that used to be all folded up inside of these chests um, so I've gone through the bookcases, I've gone through the chests and the desk. Was there any other large piece of furniture in here? That, uh, I um, not really, other than the bed. Um, and there is the captain's dining table that is, you know, lavishly, like, overburdened with everything that should be cleaned up and put away. Like, lots of used plates and kind of, like, food that should have been thrown out by now and... You know, the golden rule, if it's a flat surface and it's an empty flat surface, that it's not being used properly. So it's like just a collection point of all of her musings and uh, what the captain might be looking at. Okay. Um, I'd like to kind of make my way over to the bed and just first I'll verify there's no one in it. 
Uh, doesn't seem to be anyone in it, but there is a painting at the head of the bed. It looks like it might be a painting of the captain. Can I, think, can I investigate the uh, painting, maybe do a slow hand to make sure there's no, like, uh, hidden... Uh, Give me investigation. Know, as the you eyes are following you yeah. as you walk around the room. <laughs> oh, finally, I finally, nat 20. <laughs> um, you get the feeling that the bed is trapped. Which is odd. Can I, um... You can feel if anybody touches the bed, there's a glyph on the painting that will actually pull you into the painting and keep you there. Since I know that, can I possibly uh, like mutilate the gif with uh, or sorry, uh, the glyph rather? <laughs> the gif. Uh, my sleight of hand. Uh, the painting slowly yeah, moving like this. Yeah, give me sleight of hand to deactivate the effects of it. Sure. <laughs> All right, just, oh, actually, right, I got a huge bonus on that, 22. Yeah, you realize that the way the glyph is set up, that all you have to do is take your dagger, run across it, and you watch as the arcane magic across the front of the painting dissolves. And now you're able to look at the bed, touch it, which is strange. Um, There is a strange outline underneath the bed, however. I'm definitely taking a look at that outline. It looks like there's a trap door underneath the bed. Ooh. All or right. at least possibly a false floor underneath the bed. All right. Uh, I'm going to try to open that. Okay. Give me a strength check to move the bed partially out of the way. All right. <laughs> Ten. Ten. It's it's hard. Um, give me a stealth check with disadvantage. Give me one second. Not outrageously bad. That is an eighteen with disadvantage. That's pretty good. I should roll two. It makes an ungodly noise, like as you go to move it, but you realize. You stop, you grab some fabric and put it under the corners of the bed, and then you go back to moving it. You're able to move it just enough, and then you hold your breath. No one tries the door handles. The music's pretty loud out there, so you don't get the feeling that anyone's noticed yet. And it exposes a four-foot-long by two-foot-wide false floor. And there's a little turnscrew handle underneath the false floor that allows you to lift it up. To see inside. Okay. I'm absolutely going to open that up. As you open it, there is a longsword, a rapier, and a dagger inside of it. You can see a flat metal box with a heavy arcane lock on it. And you can see... um, a, a medium-sized bag filled with assorted jewelry and another medium-sized bag filled with assorted coins. Get the feeling this might be the captain's personal stash. Okay, just, I'm taking my notes here and I got interrupted by my old man's drug alarm. Uh, I got longsword, rapier, dagger, bag of gems. Bag of jewelry. and Arcane a, lockbox. Yeah, and a flat metal box with an arcane lock on it. Okay. 
how much of this can I kind of get in an armful uh, or like stuff into the uh, the coat that I have? The cloak's pretty big. I mean, you could take a few moments to undo it, put it all back, you know, together, tie it off. But I'll say it's a pretty sizable burden. Okay. Um, you, f- it would fill you up on what you could carry at that point okay. once you put all of it in there. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and basically load all the stuff into the coat and start making my way back to the window. Okay. Um, as you get over to the window, are you leaving it open in or are you closing it? I'm going to come up. I'm trying to think how to phrase this. Can I, uh, the coat that I have, can I kind of make that into a bundle on a rope so I can hold it uh, like sure. over my shoulder? Give me a slide of hand. Yeah, well, you out the rope, lash it onto your shoulder, almost like carrying it you know, across your sternum. Right. Uh, 25. Okay. Takes so. you a few moments to do that. But you get that accomplished. Okay. So I'm going to kind of back out of the uh, other. Actually, can I go to the desk and uh, do I see any parchment or uh, just uh, paper, just something I can write a message? Um, sure. On the desk, plenty of writing supplies. Yeah. All right. Have I seen uh, enough of what we were dealing with them? Had I seen enough of uh, Vazarek or some of his people to make a at least halfway decent forgery of it. <laughs> I think so. You can give it a go. All right. I'm going to do uh, like in what as close to like a like a pigeon common as as I can kind of manage, you know, like I I assume that common's not any of their first language. Uh and it's just going to be something along the lines of uh Vazric sends his regards, Captain, and then just kind of like stake it with a dagger and the on his desk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's fucking hysterical. Uh, give me a deception check for starters. Deception. 21. Now give me sleight of hand with advantage. Okay. Uh, 27. I'll give me performance with advantage. Ooh, okay, 19. Oh, I'm sorry, 22, because I have... Uh, 22? Okay. Yeah, you do a pretty stellar job of creating <laughs> a, a, a note that was left by a lizard folk who probably doesn't know Common very well and just left his regards in regards to pillaging the captain's quarters. That you make your way back out the window and begin to slowly lower yourself down the stern and towards the tender. Um, Buck, you watch as winter in a flurry starts beating at the manacle, trying to get it to break apart. You watch as the manacle splits um, underneath her first blow. The other manacle still has the guy. And that's as, as you watch as winter shifts over to that one like she's getting ready to beat on that one. But as Winter's doing that, you notice the face of the guy that you're trying to free. His goes ashen white. His eyes get really big as he's looking past you. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Okay, I turn around. You gotta, like, turn Even around. And you around? see this strange larval-like creature kind of pick itself up off the ground. And it reaches out and knocks over a barrel. It splits open and then knocks over another barrel 
as hundreds of these (laughs) maggot-like creatures spill out onto the deck. (laughs) And they start swarming in the direction of you and Winter and the sailor who's currently pulling at his hand on the other manacle. Oh, God. Oh, shit. Oh, crap. Okay. Um... Where the fuck is Spot? (laughs) (laughs) You guys Um... split the party. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Split the split. Mm -hmm. Oof. Okay. Um... We might have to cut the arm off. We might have to cut the arm off. (laughs) Or leave them. Okay, cut the arm off, cut the arm off. (laughs) And you watch as right at the wrist, the bone fractures. And he goes, ah, he just starts screaming at the top of his lungs. And Winter leans down and grabs him. The three of you are standing there as a swarm of these larvae are just like coming towards you. Can I throw the arm that fell in another direction just to maybe slow Ooh, them down? I like or that. Like... Uh, give me a, give me a dex check. So are we not sacrificing the sailor? <laughs> <laughs> we worked we, too hard. We, to we almost killed ourselves to not sacrifice a sailor before. <laughs> but the blood loss. I just thought about it. Fuck! What'd you get? Get him another 25. hook. Get him a yeah, hook. Yeah, as you, land. as you toss the arm. The swarm, like in mass, turns, lurches towards the arm, and clears a slight path up towards the barrels to the right. Ah! You get two of you carrying the sailors start running up that path. Um, the three of you give me dexterity saves, please, as you start running up the open path. Ooh, 11. Okay. And I'll roll for the sailor. Oh, it was a natural 20, so 25. Nice. So, Winter, as you're running, you lose your grip supporting the sailor as something yanks the sailor away from you. You watch as this huge tendril comes out from between a couple of the barrels, lashes around the midriff of the sailor, and pulls him down to the ground as a wave of those tiny little worms just envelop him and as the worms envelop him there's just bone and organs left over just kind of almost like they melt into him puck you feel something lash out at your ankle and this tendril strikes across your ankle ripping off skin and digging into the bone as you take 21 points of slashing damage from a tendril okay you grab on the puck anchor away and that's when you watch other barrels begin to burst and you watch as the back half of where the manacles were this huge wave of worms starts undulating upwards like it's about to crest in your direction what are you two doing am i allowed to like grab puck and just try my best to run yeah it's up to puck puck you feel winner grab on you and start dragging you away and back down the, the cargo hold. Um, while she <laughs> holds me, thank you, Winter, um, <laughs> can I cast Freak Waves and just try and wreck this ship and and discombobulate them? What are you casting? Uh, freedom of Waves. If, what does that do? 
you conjure a deluge of seawater, 15 foot radius, 10 foot tall cylinder centered <laughs> on point right. I'm trying to wreck this fucking piece of shit Is ship. Is it concentration? Uh, it's instantaneous. Uh, I don't think so. It's a damage. Uh, it's a damage spell. I don't know if it says concentration. Well, let's find let's out. What's it called? Deluge? Uh, Freedom of Waves. Freedom of Waves. It's a very hippie name. It is. It's instantaneous, so that's a duration of it. Um, What action? Yeah, does that require concentration? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm going to... So you still have passive without a trace up. As Winter's grabbing you and dragging you towards the gunwale where you guys originally crawled in, you cast. You create a cylinder of water in and amongst the larvae and tendrils. And as the cylinder of water comes into existence, the last few remaining barrels of that area get shattered and thrown off into different pieces. You watch as this SpaghettiOs-like soup of worms and tendrils starts getting caught up in the water and they get flung (coughs) up onto the ceiling and onto the walls. Some of them cracking apart and oozing strange liquid as they kind of fall dead to the ground. You then watch as some of the worms start crawling up into the planking to get up into the deck above. Um, Some of the worms are crawling towards the other gunwales. At winter, give me a deck save as you're hauling Puck towards the gunwale that you guys originally crawled through. Of course, you gotta take her up the stairs first and then over towards the gunwale. So you're hauling her upstairs and making your way towards the gunwale at this point. Um, can I use Lucky? Uh, Absolutely, if you roll the one, or I guess using the Lucky feat, you just re-roll. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, because I got a five. Um, also, as part of uh, Freedom with Waves, I can teleport within the area of the deluge. Um, but that doesn't help in winter. <laughs> I got a 12. 12. So as winter, as Puck is dragging you up the stairs to get out of the lower hold, she slips on like the, the coating of coagulated blood on the stairs. And the two of you like slam down. And it's that moment as the crest of these worms are about to splash across you, you close your eyes and you inadvertently teleport up onto the gunwale deck, like like 20 feet away. Um, Winter's crawling up behind you just as it slams down at the edge of her feet. Uh, Winter, take 31 points of <gasps> slashing oh, damage dang. from the, the worm-like wave that just lashes across your feet. Puck, you're on the gunwale deck. Winter's crawling up, yelling in pain as she's pulling herself out of the lower cargo hold. Both of you look up to see six faces looking down. And you hear this voice, what's going on down? Can we act like someone? And like, and then they stop and look just as tendrils shoot up past, up through the center of the stairwell as Winter comes tumbling out of the stairwell. And now you can hear this horrific screaming from up above as as the music stops, the gambling stops. You can hear all these screams and yells of panic 
up above. Winnie, you make it alongside Puck. The two of you are backing away slowly as all the worm and larval-like creatures are kind of bubbling up from below the cargo hold. And the main tendrils are going up towards the main deck. Behind you, you can see the gunwale open just in time to see a familiar tabaxi poke his head in. Hey, you guys ready to go? What's going yes. on? Let's go. Spies, you see the two of them come running towards you? You watch as there's this huge burping noise and a huge bubble of thousands of larvae come up out of the central stairwell and starts kind of like flowing like a liquid in their direction. The three of you are at the gunwale. I need all three of you to give me dex checks to get away from the gunwale and down. Uh, Spot, you can do it with advantage because you're already on the outside. But you could give up that advantage and help both Winter and Puck out and give them advantage instead. It's your choice. I will absolutely give them advantage. I am confident okay. on my roll. So Puck, you get advantage. And Winter, you get advantage. Right, my let's... first one was 23. Okay, my first so you're one good. Was a 21. All right, Ooh. so... With that, Sput, what did you get? I just got 11. 11? So he reaches in, and as he reaches in to grab the two of you to pull Puck out first, Puck, he just drops you right into the tender, just lets you go and just hopes that you hit the tender. He then grabs Winter, pulls Winter out, but he's got to hold on to the gunwales. He pulls Winter out. One of the tendrils lashes out and scrapes across his arm like literally peeling the skin from elbow to fingertip, like exposed to bone and tissue. Um, Spot, I max damaged my roll on you. That's going to be 44 points of slashing damage as your right arm is just peeled away. Anthony Jennifer never letting us out again. (laughs) (laughs) We're not unsupervised people in the group. Puck, give me a deck save as you land in the tender. Uh, 19. 19, yeah. You land on your feet, kind of balanced on the tender. Winter, Spot does the same thing. That drops you towards the tender. Go ahead and give me a deck save. <laughs> 7. <laughs> 7. Oh. Boom, crash. You land on your side. It's like, oh, you bang your shoulder against the tender. You take four points of falling damage. And then between the two of you... You watch as Spot lands, like, without any effort. But you can see his mangled right arm. You can even see a bit of some of the smaller larva-like creatures trying to burrow into his arm. And you watch as he scrapes it out and throws it in the water. Um, The three of you start unhooking the tender, push it away, just as all the gunwales burst open. And just, like, huge tendrils and volumes of these worm-like creatures are like burbling out into the water. Now all of you notice that when they hit the water, there's like this acrid smoke and they shrivel and die. Like as soon as they hit it, and they just start shriveling in this strange acrid smoke. But deep in the bowels of the ship that that you're rowing away from, you hear this timber crack. And looking up, you see the main mast of the three masts crack as tendrils begin to wrap up around it. And as the three of you get further and further away, you're watching as the ship is just coming apart and being pulled down on itself into the water. 
but it's completely obscured with like a strange kind of acidic fog. And there's this strange noise, but then as you get further away from it, it kind of gets quieter and quieter until all you can hear is just the oars like dipping into the water. Gonna say, I can't imagine I'm going to be much good at rowing with a like mangled right arm, so I'm just going to kind of motion to, to Winter to take it, and I'm going to hop in the back and just kind of brace it with my uh, left arm and just start rubbing towards the shore. Okay. Um, I guess I'm going to try and help with the oaring. Earth, and as you get up to the top, with your passive perception, you're high <laughs> enough now that you can see out in the bay. Mm-hmm. And you just watch as a, as, a, as the flagship just shatters, comes apart, and falls into the bay. And there's this huge bubbling kind of acidic smoke. And now you can hear a bell. Cancel plan. Cancel plan. Cut it. Drop him back down. <laughs> Zenith, as you hear this bell ringing, it's earthen. Land right next I'm like, to you. I'm just gonna grab her what? arm and take what? off What's running. Wrong? And like it wasn't me. And I'm like, take off running. Back. And as you two start back. running, you can see a cadre of about two dozen of those guards go running down the direction towards the bay. Um, you can see people beginning to gather and look off in the distance, and you see this very over-the-top dressed individual, all in purples, pinks, and yellows, big like a tricorn hat with feathers spilling out of the back of it, um, staring and yelling, what's going on with my ship? And you just watch him as he's running down towards the bay with about a dozen of his uh, of his sailors in, in, in tow. There's enough chaos that allows the two of you to, to skirt the bluff, make it all the way back to your jump-off point, just in time to see a tabaxi walking on water running on water um and before long there's spot <laughs> carrying like this oil soaked cloak with a with a rope on it and this mangled right arm it just looks mangled uh, I, I should have been clear I, I wasn't trying to run myself i was trying to like shoulder the boat into the bay like uh, okay that's fine and, and as you drop the rope and the boat <laughs> shoulders up onto the cove of the sand where the sand is all of you managed to gather at the foot of the bluff that will take you back up to your camp spot just in time to see dozens of tenders being pushed out into the water and in the direction of what looks like partial debris and remains of the boat and this weird like sound of something crinkling like paper and crackling like burnt wood but it's giving off this weird kind of like acidic fog that's kind of floating up into the air. Um, five of you are back together again at the foot of the bluff. Looking up, that's where your camp spot was. But you're back together. What would you guys like to do? What the hell did you guys do? Winter, I just have to say, you were right. We shouldn't have saved that guy. I'm just going to, like... I'm sorry. I, I imagine I'd probably be, like, in some minor shock because of my arm. Just like, maybe, 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 maybe the hut... Like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I'll, I'll pop the dome up. Yeah. <laughs> Why did none of the fun of the bluff. Oh yeah, we'll go down here. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna uh, mask your wounds and try to give these guys 
uh, some flashbacks. Yeah, all three of them look pretty rough. Uh, You're go all ahead bleeding. Roll. What the hell? God. Um, Zan, give me a medicine check for... as you stare at all three of them. All right. I'm guessing this ends our unsupervised trip. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, by all means, go, go, run off and get murdered again. <laughs> uh, looking at Puck. It's a 20, 25. As the five of you are scrambling back up the foot of the bluff to, to, to get away from the crowd that's growing down on the beach, um, you see a two-inch-long worm on the back of Puck's shoulder that looks exactly like what you saw in your scry vision, but a lot smaller. And you can oh, see, it, you see its mouth fanning open like it's getting ready to burrow into her skin. Yeah, I'm gonna scream Legion and try and slam it with my shield. Wait, yeah, stop, like stop. Buck, you feel Xanath just slam you on your back. Oh, as you take a point of force damage from the shield, and you feel this wet, like sticky substance on your back as the worm is just splattered across your shoulder. Uh, I, I rolled for 19 health for you guys. Okay. So you got 19 so, health back, all three of you. Everybody gets 19 hit points back. Uh, I mean, you can take 19 also if you want, Xanth, since you got psychic punch there for a minute. Oh, awesome. It was mass cure wounds, so it's enough to cure all of us. So you guys grow up the edge of the bluff and pull yourselves over and onto your old campsite that overlooks down into the beach. It's It's organized chaos below. Could tell, and you can see some survivors being pulled out. Um, you can, um, uh, Xanath, give me a perception check as you are looking down before you cast Tiny Hut. All right. Um, that's a 23. You see, one of the gnomes is down there, and he seems to be directing and giving orders. It looks like the one that calls themselves Brimfold. Okay. And you can hear their voice, but can't hear what they're saying as they're yelling out orders. But there is this constant, like, be cautious of something. Like, he's saying to be cautious of something, but you're not sure. Can I and see now his, it's just, say that again? Can I see his lips moving? Because my, with my observant feet, I can read lips if I can see them. If it was daytime, I would say yes. But because it's nighttime, it's really hard to tell. Really hard to tell. I have 300 feet of dark vision. Cool. Oh, shit. Yeah. In that case, yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> He's yelling to watch out for the remaining barrels of the lesions. Don't touch them, pull them ashore. Um, the salt water destroys them, so don't let them leak out into the salt water. They're recovering sealed barrels. But every now and then a barrel breaks open and it's like this explosion of acid fog, like something burning away. What the hell did you guys do? We didn't do anything. That's not our fault. <laughs> I'm just going to kind of... Uh, you want to you try and roll deception on that one? <laughs> <laughs> I want to point out I'm pretty innocent on this one. Um, I did find a bunch of cool stuff, though, so I'm going to kind of spread out my, my cloak and all the stuff in there and uh, right. kind of go to Tally and uh, 
sorry, to Puck, rather, and Wicker, and give them the uh, 10 gold and 4 platinum that I stole from the thing. <laughs> As a consolatory prize? No, it's Very not, awful, like, thank you. Just, um, like, not, not as a consolation prize, like genuinely, one of the uh, one of my character traits is I am an honest thief, and everybody is like that's true. equally in my thing. So, Aww. yeah, there's still a sizable bag of jewelry and a oh, yeah. sizable bag of coin yet to be kind of like yeah. investigated. I'm gonna there's detect magic on the stuff you just brought back. Uh, the the metal box, the rapier, the longsword, the dagger, all give off enchantment magic. Um, I would even say there's a ring in the jewelry bag that gives off an evocation magic. Yeah. I, uh, I, separate, I, I snatched that ring out of the thing and set it down, uh, kind of space out those, those one, two, three, four, five items. Okay. Uh, and um, since we're in the hut now. Xanth, you put up the hut? Yeah, the hut's up. So all of you okay. crawl inside of it. Punch is over by Puck, like, licking her ankles, trying to help her wounds get healed. Um, kind of wanders over to Winter, licks her wounds, and over to, looks at Spot and his wound, and up at Spot, just goes back over to Puck. <laughs> like, like even even Lunch is like, uh, uh, Punch is like, oh, that's gross. I, I'm, I'm going to move on. <laughs> it's, um... I see how it is. <laughs> so you guys are now inside the tiny hut. I'll go on and uh, burn up my, since we're about to long rest, I'll burn up uh, five spell slots. Doesn't really matter what they are, because I'm just detect like uh, identifying these items. Okay. Uh, what do you want to start with? Oh, uh, the rapier. Okay. And I'll say while you're identifying all these items, um, uh, Spot, you count out 32 pieces of jewelry. And your best guess is collectively they're probably worth about three thousand gold. Oh. All right, on this one, since uh, yeah, we, we didn't count this out. I, I can't, in good conscience, to split between the three of us. So that's everybody's going to get. Uh, you said three thousand, so everybody mm-hmm. gets six hundred. Okay. Just. And then the medium-sized bag of mixed coins. It's a total of uh, four hundred eighty-two gold, one hundred sixty-one platinum. Give me a second to write all this down because yep. I gotta. So, 482 gold. All right. 161 it? platinum and 241 silver. All right. I'll get the math on that figured out later. But, all right. So, so all of you get 600 gold uh, in jewels. So, and I will do the math on that a little bit. Are any of those jewels like, uh, you know, like diamonds that I could use for like a revivify? At least three of them, yeah. Sweet. Oh, hey, toss one of those this way. I got, I can do that too. So with that in mind, as they're all sorting through that bit of kit and getting it all organized, um, Eartha, you start with the rapier? Yes. It is called the Kraken's Revenge. One second. Fresh page of notebook. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It is a finesse weapon, obviously. Um, It it does require attunement. 
And whoever attunes to it gets one extra attack with it. You get plus one to hit, plus one for damage. And whenever you hit with the rapier on a 19 or higher, the target is struck with Kraken's tendrils from the hilt of the rapier. They must make a DC 16 strength save or be restrained and take 2d8 force damage. If they resist the save, is half damage or? Uh, they are simply not restrained and they take no force damage. Okay. If they, yeah, pass string save, no damage. No, no, Correct. Yeah. Okay. Morning, bother write that bit down then. All right. All right, I just did the math on that. Uh, everybody add 428 more gold to your uh, entry. Like, I, I'm not even going to try to keep all the, uh, the various coins. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, 428. Nice. Awesome. I mean, the long sword is nope. called the long sword of knowing, it requires attunement. It gives the attuned individual an intelligence of 20. Ooh. And advantage on all intelligence saves. And once per long rest, it can initiate legend lore. Where you can select an item person or place of your choice and the blade will tell you the legend and lore of the person place or item once per long rest all right i'll give a whole story about it uh, afterwards what was the name of the, the rapier just so i can keep all this stuff straight <coughs> the kraken's revenge the dagger is called an ice dagger does not require attunement. Plus one to hit, plus one for damage. Does normal dagger damage, but uh, the target must make a DC 15 con save or take an additional 2d6 cold damage. Nice. The final flat metal box. Oh, the ring, too. Oh, yeah, the ring. Yep. Uh, the ring is uh, a ring of fireball. Do not give this to any of those three. <laughs> <laughs> it currently has four charges on it. But does not require a tube. Any uh, rechargeable rechargeability on that? Or um, just four charges and burnt out? You get the feeling that after the fourth charge, it becomes a normal platinum ring. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm slow at typing right now. For the uh, oh, that's right. Earth has been writing it all down too. Yes, so I have. 
All right, the Frost Dagger, that was plus one hit, plus one damage. Uh, Ice Dagger, plus one hit, plus one damage, normal damage, DC 15, con save, uh, or an additional 2d6 cold damage. <laughs> Kitty of fortune, I love it. Hey, man, I just got everybody a thousand fucking gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got the fortune part right. Um, the flat metal box is called the Tome Keeper. It has a archine lock on it that seems quite complex. Chances are it's either holding a tome or a spell book inside of it. Okay. Um, is it is the lock itself arcane or uh, like is it something I could potentially pick? I would say give me an arcana check. I'm With advantage because Earthen was able to tell you what it was. I'm gonna roll that as well, because okay. uh, if I might, I I also have dispel magic. Okay. If I could possibly dispel the the lock. Uh, yeah, I'll glad I had advantage. That was uh, Arcana, right? Yep. That's uh, twenty-two. It has the arcane lock effect on it. The only way that it could be opened is if the original caster of the arcane lock were to release it. This one might be useless for now. Unless you know who owned the box. Do you know who owned the box? I would assume the captain. Well, I would assume. Yeah, we can I assume that. I mean, that. we had we how many how many captains are super magical? I'm a monk. I Why legitimately don't know. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the last magical captain really really just threw us for a loop. Well, this boat was something truly horrifying. Um and it seems like they would regularly feed people to those things and put them in vats. And some really uh, fucked up shits came out of them. Uh, for the record, we tried to help a guy. <laughs> Didn't work out. Um, Wait, what did the fucked up shit look like? I described uh, the fucked up shits. Okay, um, <laughs> speaking of just what we have, um, the the letters and uh, the tomes that I have, uh, do those mean uh, do those mean anything to Earthen or Zan? Because, you know, obviously I'm not a, a token guy. None of them detect magic. Uh, yeah, none of them are magical. Okay. <clears throat> the, four, the four books that spell out, mm-hmm. one book is called The Origins of the World. Another book is called the understanding of the great ones. Another one is a comprehensive book about Tarasque anatomy. Um, and the fourth one is an advanced alchemist book, which the it's, it's basically a name of something you've never heard of before. It's something called the quantitative understanding and theories of Qualish the keeper.
right, and any of the letters that we have a chance to look at them a little more. All of the parchments are basically ledgers and inventory uh, collections of these massive barrels and creations of related to that experiment, and they're referred to as lesions. But there is one, actually, I'll say because you got them out safely, there's one stack of parchments that spend a great deal of research and research study um, on, um, God, what are they called? My notes. Uh, what are those little pets that, uh, uh, devours? Intellect devours? Intellect devours, correct. Oh. The not steady alpha, the not steady worm. Got it. Close. Ugh. We. <sighs> we heard about. We saw a lesion at work today, too. Um, this right on Mannheim. He's dead. Um, now. Now he is. Uh, he was being held by a couple of copper keepers. They slid open his stomach and put a lesion inside him. The lesion exploded through his body. They were able to use it to compel him to answer a number of questions. And the lesion said that after those questions were answered, he would devour Mannheim's brain. So it's a thing they used to pull information, but why do you need literally thousands of lesions? Yeah, that doesn't strike me as a good thing. That's disturbing. Well, at least there's fewer than thousands now. I could kill all of them, I would. Can I do a nature check aren't you a, based on... Aren't you a ranger? Don't you like animals? I like Let's to do natural order. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in a natural balance, which they break very strongly by bringing yeah, these you, things here. You give me a nature check. While, while she's doing I'll it, can you, I... I'll uh, give you guidance on it. I'm sorry? I'll, I'll give you guidance on your nature check. That's plus a D4. While she's doing that, can I uh, take oh, those four books from Spot and sh like remember the secret code book thing that we found? Like, you know, hey, you want? can you see if there's anything like this in any of these? Because I didn't find it last time. It was shown to me. Right, the, right. The way it popped apart. Okay. The secret hidden stash of paperwork. Oh, sorry, Janet, you say it one more time? Oh, for guidance, you just add a D, like roll a D4 and add that to your roll. Oh, amazing. Thanks, because it was not a great roll. <laughs> Weirdly, having that off gives a better light. Okay, I don't know why. <laughs> it's Welcome to the world of cameras. You're not being backlit, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, honestly, you get uh, 14. You definitely would have realized that they were not natural. And the main clue to that was that they were extremely like vulnerable to salt of the salt water. And that seemed to almost destroy them outright, which means they're probably very delicately made. So they're probably a construct of magic or alchemy, possibly. And yep. salt seems to be their main weakness. All right. But they're definitely not natural. 
Well, we did just find a really advanced alchemical textbook, so that's probably a good clue. Yeah, um, I think I'm going to hold on to this longsword, if you guys don't mind. Right. It's a, uh, because... Do me a favor after the game. Can you shoot me the thing for the rapier? Yep. Realistically, I'm probably going to yep. go with the... Uh... That probably, yeah, could be useful for you. Uh, or uh, Winter. I don't know if she has any melee stuff. She's really good from range, but I don't know what she has up close. Honestly, um, I'm probably going to end up with the dagger just because it's a simple weapon. So, But um, I just want to know what they are for uh, for reference for everything. Uh, the fireball, though? Uh, um, Xanth, I, I don't trust these other guys with this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can you imagine me with range, though? Yeah, I see said you without you. range. <laughs> like I see you without range, and and I'm I'm still wanting to give this to her. <laughs> yeah, that, it does sound pretty sweet. I do wonder if it might be good for someone who doesn't have any spells, though. Um, I mean, I'm happy to take it, but if anyone else, it, you know, I mean, I didn't find it, so it's up to yeah. a spot. I'm just requesting, and I really, I mean, yeah, okay, give him that, but you know what Fireball does, right? I'm looking it up. <laughs> Fireball. Fireball's not like a little pew off your finger. That's, that's fire bolt. In a 20 foot sphere. Jesus. Yes. It's a big boom, okay? I, that's a really bad thing for you to and have. For each extra charge you use, it ups at a level. So Oof. you could, you know, supercharge all four of those at one time and supernova on whatever we're hitting. But. Are you the best person to wield that? <laughs> to make no, uh, I have I literally mean, no ranged ability. Like, what it be? But I, you, as a red cat, are a fireball of your own. If we can you, throw you, you do about eight d six of rate of of damage in a twenty foot radius. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As the you five do. of you continue this conversation inside the tiny hut, just before taking eventually your long rest, mm-hmm. that's where we're going to finish tonight. I'm just um, out those spell slots. <laughs> I, I am really glad the three of you escaped that ship. Yeah. I wasn't sure how best to handle that, but once you said, one spot said, whichever ship looks like the juiciest target, I was like, it's going to be the All flagship. Right. <laughs> it was. It was the flagship. Hey, everybody. Thank you for coming out and watching with us. We really appreciate it. Um, be safe. Be kind. Don't forget to play a game. We'll be back here next week. Are we all good for oh, next yeah. Sunday? Uh, go oh, ahead and linger. Wow. We'll talk about the schedule. Everybody else? We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Or for some of you, we'll see you Monday. Bye. <laughs> Where is it? Where did I put it? Oh, there. Oh.